Listening to the Opie and Anthony channel on Sirius XM. The Ron and Fez show starts. Come on. Now!
Okay, let's get down to it, poppers. Ron and Fez Show, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Big J Okerson's going to stop in a little later on today. Big J's playing Lap Boston on New Year's Eve. If you got nowhere to go on New Year's Eve, you might just want to laugh Boston. Now, is Lap Boston in New York or Boston? Coast? That's in Boston. Okay. So if you're in Boston and you think, where do I laugh? Can I laugh anymore? <laughs> Does it still even work that way? You can go to Laugh Boston. Uh, LaughBoston.com uh, with Big J. Chris, that's your, uh, your text. Oh my on. God, no, those are emails. Oh boy. It's uh, the Ron and Faye show on a... Uh, Tuesday, just uh, we gotta fighting it uphill, fighting it uphill here, being in corporate America. Another fucking chance we had to bump heads with the HR department. Um, and you know, I was in his uh, meetings after the show yesterday. Maybe the worst meetings I've been in, in my life. Maybe the worst meetings I've been in my life. Just as we're finding out the HR department's trying to cock block somebody else that we wanted to hire. It just keeps happening time and time again. Um, and I'm in this meeting with eight fucking people sitting around talking to two. Uh, basically the entire staff of the show except for you, Chris. And they're asking where things are. Hey, did that imaging get done? Did you take care of that other thing? And I'm like thinking to myself, hey, if you eight would jump into this, you know what I mean? It should be, you know, the the way a fucking business would normally run. It's a pyramid where there's guys at the top who say to the people that are working, hey, do you have this? Do you have this? Not an upside down pyramid. Where you have eight guys saying to two, where's all that stuff? Do you have the social fucking media, whatever that's supposed to be, done? Do you, did you have somebody do this? Insane. Insane. Uh, but nobody can stand up to the HR department. Nobody knows what to do. Uh, one of the things they said is... Uh, where's Fez? How come we're not hearing Fez? We're going to hear Fez, right? And then Fez, today, as a way of answering it, has a cold and is going to be in the other room. Yeah, he's away from uh, us. You, you're at your burnout point, Chris, and I'm just fucking taking it off you. Just taking it off you and just say, just come in like everybody else and uh, we'll go in, we'll do our time, we'll split, that'll be it. This is all the places that I should be fucking plugging the, the the fucking new show but 
other people who should or uh, would care about that, why please? Uh, why, why aren't you guys walking around fighting for the HR department for us? Hey, Jonathan, you're on the run of Fed show. Hey, Ronnie, just to kind of lighten the mood a little bit, I'd have a great question for you. If you had to give up one thing, would could you go the rest of your life with just having chicken and turkey, or could you give up red meat? And that includes things like bacon and burgers. Uh, bacon is a white meat. It's yeah. not a red meat. There's an ad campaign. It's the other white meat. It's the other white meat. So the, your, your entire question is flawed. And who's making me yeah, give this yeah. up? Are you saying yeah, a doctor yeah. is saying this? Uh, you only. It's just you have one option. You got to go either poultry. Yeah, but or who's giving me this that. option? Uh, we'll, we'll go with the with the doctor. Yeah, well, then I'll say to him, which one is first for me? I mean, I'm assume the red meat is. Let's let's take health out of it. But why would guys. we take health out why, of it? Why, why would I give one up? Then why would a doctor be telling them? If we're going to take health out of it, why don't I just eat a fat sandwich and fucking relax? Because you only have the option of one. You, you have to have some. No, I have all the options in the world. You haven't told me why I only have these options. If you're going to set uh, up the parameters for a thing like this, you've got to, I mean, your thing is, oh, let's change the mood and make it lighter. This is the worst news I've heard all day. You know, uh, am I I'm giving up fried chicken or am I giving up a steak? And who says so? Can I go check with other doctors? Chicken fried steak, is that an option? No. <laughs> chicken fried steak would not be an option, but it's the same rules as... There is no rules. Out. Who set up this rules? The same people who came up with... Who, who are these people? Care. Are we saying Nazis? Absolutely. So the Nazi party, they're now just saying the reason why we've taken over the world is to force people to give up certain foods. I mean, really, what's to stop me from having some beef jerky? Because I'm going fucking French underground on these assholes. I mean, I get the Jew thing, but this is just totally out of place no, for yeah, Nazis. This is you know, this is all off in a different place. But, you know, it sounds like, Jonathan, what I'd have to do is work in, in the French underground where at night I would have fucking steaks. Well, it's the real reason we got involved in the war. You're not making any sense. And there's... The, uh, I'm going to guess that you moved to Florida, that you weren't born there? That is correct. Yeah, because that state keeps sucking all the insanity down. I, if we were to believe Jonathan, for some reason, the Nazis, in this alternate fucking history that he set up, the Nazis have won the war and now are just trying to limit people to either poultry or red meat. And for whatever reason, taking some white meats and claiming that they're red. That's Nazi bullshit. Because bacon's white. I don't know if it is or not. Just no, it for is. the sake of argument. <laughs> it is. Just for the sake of argument. I saw so the how do you feel with some of these things just taken off your shoulders? Is it better? You're in a better place than you were yesterday? Well, yesterday I was totally insane. Um, I want you in and out and not thinking about the job when you're not here. Just let it go. Let it roll. I haven't worked you, like that ever. But then you can't get angry that this is the way the world is. Yeah, yeah. You can't get angry at this. You work at a fucking place that, quite frankly, is run by this HR department who would value Mark Zito over Eastside Dave. I'll take you out of it, right? Yeah. And in their way of, look, 
Zito comes from this kind of background. He's like one of us, so we'll move him in. But an East Side Dame, he's, you know, a crazy person and a liability. We need more Zitos and less Daves. And I'm just using those two people as an example. They're not part of this. But I'm just trying to point out, if you have a good eye in this business, you're looking for the next East Side Dave. You're not thinking... Where's the next person I could do that I could get who's dull and will eventually make it to be a paper pusher? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. The creativity you want to have from some kind of madness. You know what I mean? It's just some kind of madness is what we're all looking for in this business, or we used to be. But the the business is no longer for the misfits, the losers, the fucking rock and rollers, the midnight radio. That's done, and we want to finally get to the place where the air staff looks like an HR department. And supposedly, the creative people in this business and the people that... that fucking work their way up to a point are now just here to serve the HR department. <clears throat> and then they have the balls to sit and go, hey, do you have any of this stuff done? No. No. We don't. There's nothing more important than the stuff that we're talking about. Um, here's uh, Matt. Matt, you're on the Ronnie Fez show. Ronnie B. Yeah. BA1214. Oh, that's old school, dude. Hoo-ha! 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 I can't believe this hasn't been mentioned yet. I I figured it out. I have the solution. You're the host. You got Fezzy on board. You got Chris producing. And AJ Dynamite is doing the announcing. I don't know why AJ Dynamite is not the voice of this fucking show. It makes total fucking sense. (laughs) Now, the last time uh, Big J and him were together, they were talking about doing some dates together. Yeah, in Rhode Island. Let's get them back and forth. Hey, the uh, annual uh, photo contest is up. The prize, Bad Santa by Billy Bob Thornton. I will tell you this. I saw that Eastside Dave has already sent, sent in a lovely picture of himself today. That's beautiful. Mm. So it's great. If we have more of those, it would be great. I'm just going to do this like every once well, you know. You know, just adding a lot of production to the show. Raw dogs. Fuck Ron Bennington. Uh oh. I uh, had this uh, figured out. Polo is sitting over in the corner. This will be the last time I ever see Polo. He and Fez had this major, you know, thing that they were supposed to do stuff. And not only has Fez not gotten stronger, uh, but is even more annoyed. So, Paul, I doubt he'll ever have you back again. No, I, I don't think he thinks that that's the best thing. I, I think he, he uh, I, I, I am everything he's what? not to a certain degree, what? but I cannot what? give him the things he needs what? that I have. If I could cut my the flesh off my bone and give it to him, and that would somehow replace something that he needs that would be fine but it just not doesn't work that way yeah i understand um the, i don't know why i talk like that doesn't help out but it, it <laughs> certainly has not 
No. It certainly has not uh, helped him. Your raw flesh isn't going to help either. Um, well, it's proven the theory that everything works once with Fez. He came up, uh, Paul came up once last year around Thanksgiving, and Fez got better. Paul comes up again. But yeah. I'm being more of a friend now. Before I was being more aggressive and kind of push, push, push. And I, I don't think, I don't feel what, comfortable what, with that. What did you fucking shave with today, Bob Wire? <laughs> there is a fucking redness between your nose and your lip. Yeah. I like to exfoliate as much yeah, as but possible. When, but you, what you look like, it, it, you look like the alcoholic at a funeral. You know, what I mean? you know when like the alcoholic, the old alcoholic has ever... Um, Here's uh, Sean. Sean, you're on the Ron and Fez show. Sean. Hey, uh, Ronnie. Uh, love the show, guys. I was wondering, have you guys thought about maybe just branching off and doing your own podcast and maybe teaming up with Eastside Dave or something like that? And just say, All Eastside Dave thing? wants to do is get back to radio out of the yeah. podcast business. Yeah. Chris, you're in the podcast now. Everyone has one. Yeah, it's... it's. Is there any worth to it at all? Only a couple, I, I believe make money i mean i'm in, i'm on three different podcasts i don't see a dime <laughs> nothing makes any money I'm, I'm not making any money off it um you know it's like saying to a guy oh you worked for the new york times uh, for years did you ever feel like just about fucking handing out leaflets with some of your ramblings on it <laughs> on a street corner that's the problem with it if the podcast thing worked I'd be all for it. It's they have it just it just hasn't been figured out yet. Why do you keep joining podcasts? And maybe that's one of the reasons why you're burnt. I don't know. I just want to throw myself out there, see what sticks. Dave Mac Sports Program, The Watchers. You're just gonna just start and just go on automatic pilot. No, not at all. I'm trying to talk to you as a human being yeah. right now. I'm trying to say, why do you do something that you've been doing it for years and you don't see any of it sticking? Like, what is it about humans that don't say, hey, this isn't sticking. I thought it was going to, but why are you still doing it? You know? I, think, I think there's this thought that if you, maybe it's, it's probably the wrong thought, that if you work, if you put, if you work hard enough and you work long enough, something will happen. And that keep up. Don't, you know, don't. Fall by the wayside. Chris, I want you to look across there yeah. at fucking Paulo yeah. and let you know that's your future. Oh, that's where you're don't. eventually going to end up. Please don't say With that. old fucking boy band tattoos <laughs> all over your arms and back. Yeah, but Ron, and rambling look crazy Look at it shit. the other way. We're all going to wind up a bag of bones eventually. So what's the difference? It's just, it's it just stages. Yes, yeah, it is true. <laughs> Um, but don't you find that if something isn't working, rather than keep doing it over and over, you would think, okay, we gave that project a run, now it's time to try a different project. Uh, I think maybe making changes to that project could help. If, if say, if you, there's a plateau of some sort. Do you ever think you'll get to the point where there'll be a plateau? <laughs> where, you can, where you can get up and say, this thing... <laughs> Has plateaued. Still the rock climbing part. <laughs> uh, Big J is stopping by here. I'm sure he has podcasts, right? Yes, he has. Everybody a, has podcasts. Legion of Skanks is his podcast. It's a fucking great name. All the podcasts have great names. I'm all proud of him for that. Uh, Mike, 
Mike, you're on the Ron and Fez show. AJ Dynamite fan since day one. Everybody loves AJ Dynamite. Hey, um, I, Ronnie, I'm sorry for wasting your time. Uh, my satellite crapped out. Uh, what I thought you said is Fez has a cold and he can't be on the air. What was the real thing? Oh, no. He's not Des Bryant. You know what I mean? We're not going to Des Bryant this. I talked to him coming in today, and he says he has a cold, and he wanted to run the board in the other room. There's only three of us in here now. Yeah. Which is what we, you know. It works out with my sore throat. normally be like, I don't know what, overnight fucking rock show? (laughs) (laughs) That's the way people on the Dave Mac Sports program on Saturdays. I can get into packed fucking meetings anytime you want. Like yesterday, uh, I was at the Last Supper of meetings. (laughs) Full house. Yeah, full house asking us where work is. I felt like, I don't know what you guys are asking. I'm going to be on the air the day that the show goes off. You don't have to worry about it. They're like, what's going to happen that first show? I go, I'm going to do my show like I always have. It'll be great. Okay, this was great. I don't know how all those meetings can be so well-staffed. It's really, really odd. Well, you know, um, the, the guy who is the guy who said, hey, would you do the little Steven thing, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. He was in there, so I tried to bring up details of that to him. He was like, uh... Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah, he just kind of blew it off, like. Uh, okay, <laughs> that's and seems I'm like, odd. And I'm like thinking, you got my guy working on this. My overworked guy is now doing the stuff, but this doesn't interest you. Um, it's almost being in a pyramid fucking scheme, but the pyramid is upside down. Oh, you're fucking perfect. <laughs> Uh, Greg in DC, you're on the Run of Fish show. What's up, guys? Yeah. Um, so I just found out this morning that uh, my company lost a big contract, and my team and myself are going to be out of work in about a month. And I was hoping that I could get a pep talk today. What's what's it's fucking? I don't know. Save your cash. So you have a family. I don't, who, did, I'm not the, the guy to give out financial advice. Did we ever call that the pep talk? Though that's a really funny thing. <laughs> I might have given a pep talk like years ago, but I don't remember. Yeah, we need to get production. Send this off to Greg in the okay. production department. He's right. gonna. He's uh, you know, he's a worker drone like us. Uh, but we need something for pep talks. Um, yeah, that wasn't a very good pep talk. I need a pep talk. <laughs> I told what you. What kind of work do you do, dude? Uh, facilities work. It's you know we outsource our site services. I, it's well. a really good fucking thing. When did that work start to be called facilities? It never was before. It's like janitor, kind of janitorial, right? Yeah, but why do we now say, oh, we talk to facilities and they're going to? And I'm like, when did that switch? I think I, uh, I think about five it's years ago. The, like, the janitor now has other duties besides being a janitor, where they have to like the, the facilities team, the people renovating the, the lobby and this entire place for the last two months. I didn't know that. Yeah, that's facilities. So we haven't hired outside contractors to do that work. There's some, but the entire our entire facility staff is working in the. They're here, you know, they're here seven days a week now. Working this thing along with a couple of, a couple of contractors. I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, I see it here on the weekend, like Saturday at ten o'clock at night. What the? They have you doing this? this and is I crazy. think it's I think it's because like those little ladies in the pink fucking skirts. 
They're up there trying to work it out. Yeah. Uh, Greg, I'm sorry you didn't get the pep talk you were looking to. Cancel that thing with Greg. <laughs> this is crazy to have. Like, it would be much funnier to have you do a thing like, you know, drink up, dude. You got to party it in. But you're burnt now, right? You're just burnt. You're toast. Uh, well, yesterday I think showed that uh, there's mental stresses that uh, boiled over. But I didn't feel good about yesterday's show at all. I felt pretty bad. Mm. <laughs> but I'm, yeah, yes, to answer that, yeah, I'm, I'm burnt, I'm burnt out. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Um, well, you picked the right time for it. That's the beauty of it. Timing's everything in this business. Again, there's your future. Oh, my Fucking God. Polo, one-time movie critic, now rambling fucking Bob. <laughs> No. Just on the, the fucking highways and byways and train rambling. tracks of this great nation. You know, I've had, it's life, you know, I'm shit out of luck. That's only, I'm a strong man, a strong, healthy of mind and body. But, you know, when the when the universe fights you, what the fuck? You, I mean, you could be as strong as can, Hercules. Can, um, you have some things that you love, right? There's right. Some possessions that you have. Yes. Put them in a shopping cart and start to put them around <laughs> town. You know, don't let anybody take them. I have been whittling things down. I had three households. It's down now to a, a storage. Good. Good. Good storage unit. <laughs> you know, everyone always acts like that's their choice when they do that, but it never is. You know, like, oh, life is so much better. You know, I used to have all these possessions and now I just drive around and live out of my van. I'm loving it. This is freedom. I walk the earth. Um, Justin, you're on the run of Fez show. Hey, buddies. Hey, I just want to let Pepper know, just keep doing what you do to your podcast. Keep working hard, because haters going to hate as long as you spell it with a number eight. Don't, don't remind me of you. Haters going to hate as long as you spell it with a number eight. Even a lot of that mob felt bad about you finally <laughs> having your meltdown yesterday. One thing that I noticed about Chris Stanley, he can put up with anything but your unhappiness. And then when that happens, he... Totally gives up. Do you like my new idea though? Doing less. I think um, I don't like the I don't like the idea of doing less since it's a, it's, a, it's something unfamiliar to me. I don't. Uh, I would rather do everything that I possibly can, not do less. I want you to do less yeah. because you are less. <laughs> I want you to understand that it's a Buddhist thing. Yeah, it is. It's like a Buddhist thing if the Buddhists were much meaner and sarcastic. <laughs> and you, The only Buddhist thing that I've ever followed is that thing that if you're on the road and you meet the Buddhist, kill him. That's the only Buddhist following. So I'm like, yeah, I'll fucking do that. I would do that completely. Um, we were... I, I was just bringing up when the show started yesterday, I was in my Christmas spirit. And now I'm so far of that. If there's like an anti-Christmas thing, like some horrific way. I remember last week I was so fucking into plugging and pushing for the new place. But even after talking with these guys, I'm so less so today. So less so. Um, no, no, I'm not taking Lady Trucker. No lady trucker for me today. And Fez is nodding along in yes, yesterday with them. And even though he's in the other room, he hasn't so much as made a uh, peep today. Um, all right, the Des Bryant stuff where he walked out. 
early crying. Yeah. Um, his version version of peppering, as it's <laughs> now being called. No, no, but you kind of had a meltdown. So oh, I definitely did have a meltdown. I mean, so I know that you could probably relate to Des Bryant. <laughs> but what do you say when a guy gives up on his team? Even if that guy has the most fucking talent on the team. He's their number one wide receiver. He's one of the top receivers in the league. But when a guy gives up and puts his own personal turmoil, whatever, above the team, what do you do with that guy? Dude, Des, that Des Bryant thing was totally totally unbelievable. We all get it. Now the thing is, how would you fix it? If you're the coach, if you're the owner, do you say, look, you got a Des Bryant, so sometimes you're just going to have to put up with some shit. There's no way around it. Or do you say... Even though he's got the most talent here, he's bad for the team. I say they. I, I think they got to trade him. They they have to. See, I mean, they'll get a lot for him too. I just think that maybe this is old school thinking. Maybe it's it's just like we were talking about. Is that if you've got guys that have fucking talent, maybe you just got to put up with some shit. Why do we make a big deal about? Oh, you have to act a certain way on the sideline or in your personal life. Why can't we just get into the back end of the just win, baby? And the other guys in the team got to say, yeah, he's a nut, but he's also going to make some big catches for us. He is going to make some big catches, but look, he's even about two seasons ago, he had that incident with his mother where like he attacked her or whatever. And that he's, he has somewhat of an injury passed. And now this last thing. Of him just walking off the field. You just said he's the most talented guy, and he's got the best numbers on the team. Yeah, he does. I mean, the numbers speak for themselves. So, what is the big deal out of he can't control his personal life or his social life? I'll go over to legitimately a lunatic, Polo. Yeah. Polo, what do you think? Put up I think, with it or no, you know, team first? I think a blow-up or a meltdown is a motivational tool. And a guy like that is at the top of his game. He knows what the fuck he's doing. He's getting people motivated by saying, fuck you all. Maybe he is. You know, but the the reason why I laugh about it is we act like um, we are still, like, back in the Lombardi years. Well, we know guys aren't like that anymore. Yet there's still some part of us that there's no I in team, even though... We think that that's bullshit. We still don't. Uh, uh, we still bring it up. Um, here's uh, Tony. Tony, you're on the running Fez show. Don't, don't you think that uh, if Bill Belichick was the uh, coach, it was Des Bryant's coach, that he'd straighten his ass out in a heartbeat the way like Randy Moss and everybody else? I mean, there's so many I don't guys see. Uh, I don't see. You know, Belichick will end up trading people. But I don't see him berating people or playing that old school. To me, he's way more of a new school guy. Um, he sits people. He'll sit them. Yeah, I mean, he'll just say, "Look, if you're not if you're not putting out." But look at fucking Gronk is a weird character. He's not the old style team guy. I just think it's weird that we get back and act like. Hey, this guy's not acting like it's 1958 anymore. That's bad for the team. Um, let's go over to uh, Paul. Paul, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, guys. I do think that uh, Fez Bryant is a bit of a nut. 
breaks down, cries a lot, doesn't contribute sometimes, but he's got some good qualities. It's Dez, Dez Bryant. Fred Bryant. Fred Bryant. He's a big man. All right, isolate that, send that down to Tim so he can say, hey, you asked for something during the show, and it showed up here. Okay. Boom. I like the Befezzi, though. He gave him the, uh, oh, yeah. I'll definitely be there January 6th. Uh, Swanson, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, Ron, I don't know I, I don't know if I'm being the bit ruiner here, but you do, do you know that the listeners can actually hear Fez? He's, like, chimed in a couple times since the show began, but uh, you guys just keep talking over him. I didn't have my my thing up i were you chiming in fence yeah i was i was chiming in and i i didn't was, once hear him did you chris no the tap button on the board in the studio wasn't on it's, it's on right now no maybe it wasn't before but now it is but so, i didn't touch it i didn't but touch how the do we not hear him but the listeners can the the only explanation is that tap button that would cut stuff off from this room did to that you hear room. him at all no I, I didn't no i didn't either i was not ignoring you or being fucking weird, but I did not at all hear. And I also can't see Fez. Fez uh, chiming in, making a comeback. All right. Um, I'm sorry, I cannot see him because of the way the lighting is set up now. So I just see a dark fucking room. Yeah, where, you know, black my, hole. You know, I see the polo reflection back. And I didn't hear him at all, did you? I did not hear Fez, no. Uh, Paul, did you hear him even once? No, not until that last Yeah, so comment. nobody was um, not paying attention to you, Fez. We just didn't hear you. Uh, Jason, you're on the run of Fez show. Yeah, I don't know what that last caller's talking about. I, I never heard Fez, and my radio's working fine. All right, that's weird. Yeah, it is odd, so. But then Fez even said that he was talking and brought up the tap. As if there was some weird mistake, and then you said you never changed the button anyway. No, yeah, it's been on the entire time. And you've had your headphones on the entire time. Yeah, I have had, yeah, I've had, yeah. Um, here's uh, David. David, you're on the Ron and Fez show. Hey, Ron and Fez. Yeah, I think it's just uh, Des Bryant's, you know, kind of a weird way of showing that he, he, he you know, cares immensely. I mean, they did blow a huge lead. Um, you know, they're fighting for the division with Philadelphia. It was an important game. And and as long as he doesn't continue with a pattern like that, I mean, I wouldn't want to be judged for one stupid thing that I've done in my life at an emotional point, just like I'm sure well, Pepper Chris don't is taking to the point. Yeah, Chris is saying that this is not a one-time situation. You're the people that think they got to get rid of him. Uh, look, I get crying. Yes, it's awful. They, you know, the, the defense destroyed. The play coin lost that game. But stay in the field. Don't walk off. You're healthy. And they could trade Des Bryant and get themselves a defense. I mean, he's that good like, when what he's healthy. What do you healthy. mean by trade him? <laughs> trade him. Oh, trade him. Redo his now, hair. If, if, what, Fess? Trade him would be to redo his hair. The, um, the fact of the matter is that why would any other team want him if they're following your rules? Wouldn't your other team say that he's just a, you know... A poison? He's going to be poisonous here? I think more teams, there's some teams that are desperate enough to say, well, we'll roll the dice on this guy. All right, so you you don't have a real philosophy. Instead of being desperate to, you know, just survive, why don't you be desperate to thrive? Why wouldn't you say, look, even though we're going to put up with some shit, maybe we got a shot at the fucking Super Bowl today. Uh, Bill in Boston, you're on the Run of Fed show. Uh, Ron, hold on one second. got to yell at my boss. 
Um, listen, you motherfucker. You better stop pulling your weight around here. It's good. I like it. Uh, Paul, you're on the run of Fez show. Hey, guys. I, I heard Fezzy trying to talk in in the background just to let you know that. Uh, you heard it. Yeah, I heard it. He was he was talking, and you guys were, and you said Fezzy ain't even cooperating today. He's not even getting involved. And he was trying to talk and stuff. I had like no idea. I am. Yeah, uh, for some stuff. reason, now we believe it to be the tap button, but we did not hear him in this room. No, not at all. Uh, and we couldn't even get an extra person from any department. You know, when we were under Rob Cross, we could always get help. Yeah, he uh, he scrambled and grabbed people for us. Do you remember how many times I told you to be happy with Rob Cross? Yeah. Lesson learned. I said, this is one of the best PDs you'll ever fucking have, because he, you know, he gets it. And I couldn't even get so much as a fucking smile out of you for the man. Uh, Marshall, you're on the run of face show. Hey, buddies. Yeah. Oh, my God. I'll bite. You guys fucking get me every time. Um, I don't have much of a moral compass. Uh, I don't like to see babies get ruthlessly murdered or whatever, but other than that, I don't care. But Fezzi's behavior is just repugnant to me. How can he come in saying, oh, my throat hurts? After the last couple weeks, I mean, you guys are going through serious turmoil, and it's because of his work ethic, and then he... Comes in and oh my little throat hurts. Mm. I don't have a comeback for that, and I don't know whether the tap is keeping us from hearing Fez's comeback. But look who it is. There's only one part of my bright part of my day. By the way, um, the stalker Patty would like to come in. I emailed her for Stevie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Stevie Van Zandt tomorrow night. I think that's going to run tomorrow night on Raw Dog, right? Yeah. 8 p.m. Tentatively. Um, William, you're on the run of Fez show. Hey, Ronnie. Yeah. Hey, how come uh, Fez isn't sitting there in the room with you and that piece of shit Pepper Hicks is? Well, Fez, uh, Pip's girlfriend broke up with him. So he has left the East Coast. Yeah, going on a, a walkabout. He just—I uh, don't know. He and you just never connected, so we never really understood what went down. No, 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 no. That uh, that never happened. The connection between he and I. Which is weird because he was your guy. Uh, so there's no one to fill in for him. Fez is in there running the board, which for whatever reasons I can't see Fez with this lighting. Um, We've got the lights on in here, but it's just the glare. Yeah, the, well, yeah, I'm not saying that anything could even be done better. Um, so I did not see when he was trying to talk, and then we did not hear him no. in this room. And the tap button's been on the entire time. <sighs> it's been a mystery. Um, Nick, Nick, you're on the run of Fez show. Hey, what's up, Ron? Yeah. Hey, with the whole Fez Bryant thing, uh, when you're making that amount of money... There's absolutely no fucking excuse that you can walk off the field like that. And it's kind of the same thing with Fez. When you make that much money and you just check out, you're expected to do your job and, you know, whatever, you got to stick with it. If not, then you got to go. You know, they should get rid of the guy. I've always found that it didn't have to do with money at all. 
You know what I mean? Like, uh, like there's some minimum wage people who will do great work, and there's some people who get paid minimum wage, and they don't give a shit. They're sloppy. If you move both those minimum wage people up to make a hundred thousand dollars a year or five hundred thousand dollars a year, I don't think their work ethic would change. Maybe for the first week or two, but where they settle down, they would become the same guy. Um, I'll check with Hard Rock Johnny on that. Johnny, how are you, pal? I'm good, boys. How are you? Good. Um, yeah, that I agree with exactly what you said there, Ronnie. So the the money shouldn't matter. You, you, it's your personality, your character. And I, I was so, and I hate the Cowboys. Uh, as I said, I think yesterday, if the Red Sox played the Cowboys, right. I'm rooting for the Red Sox. But at the end of the day, you're part of a team. It's a team effort. And hit that bullshit. I didn't want people to want people to see him cry. What the hell is that? I didn't see uh, what's his name from Denver running up the field when he had those giant uh, streams of tears running out of his eyes during the national anthem. No, the high. You're, no you're obsessed with that. <laughs> well, who um, wouldn't be? Come on, I've been trying to make that much water come out of my eyes for three weeks now, and I can't even do it unless I have like a little turkey baster. But you so, uh, you remember being with kids that when they got so mad that they lost, they would just quit and the game wouldn't be over. Yeah. Uh, I when I start playing chess, I. I learned from a person that once I started to beat him, he would knock over the chessboard <laughs> when it started to be like I was getting close. And I'm like, what a dick. I can't fucking believe. <laughs> um, but what am I going to do? It's my dad. Now, <laughs> that is all, you know, that's just a person. This is how he is. But, Johnny, if you were going, if you want if your team was entering the playoffs, would you rather. Have Des Bryant or not have Des Bryant? I mean, on field, Des Bryant. Even that's questionable because he comes off the field and starts screaming at the quarterback. I mean, if Jay, if if the coach had any control, which he doesn't, he'd bench him. No, but he can't because Jerry won't let that happen, and that's the whole problem. Is that your GM, owner, ha- halfway assistant coach controls everything, and they'll never be successful while it happens. There's no, there's too much meddling. I do love the fact that just because Jerry Jones was able to make some money at one point in his life doesn't mean that he can win on a fucking football field. These last, what has it been, 18 years or whatever that they've been bad have been really kind of funny just on that one aspect. That a bigger stadium doesn't make you better. Nothing. The franchise quarterback who cannot win the big game. Or just not having a defense. They're just putting it all into the offense. I mean, they had no defense, and their play calling was awful. This this coach is going to get well, chick-hanned. I see you in a point-counterpoint against yourself, <laughs> and I don't know why you do that. But the fact of the matter is, is Romo really a franchise quarterback? I love the fact that we really don't know. Like, this kid from Florida State who won the fucking Heisman. Do you know how many of those Heisman guys can't make it in the fucking pros? Do you know that, I don't know, let's say an Aaron Rodgers never had anywhere near the amount of attention to him that Johnny Football does? Brady won the last round. Um, well, not in the last round, but last certainly low. Yeah. Uh, lower than you would expect it. He wasn't a, what is it, 16th rounder, but... 
Um, but yeah, Brady did not go. Was not a high draft pick. A lot of guys went before him. And you know when Tim Tebow played in college, it's all people talked about. You don't know who's going to make it as a pro. So who was the? They just had this year when they showed it, at the Heisman. They showed the ten year. It was the you know they do the diamond anniversary guy and then the ten year anniversary guy. Uh, Jason White. He's had a, an immaculate career, right? Right. After he played at Oklahoma. Chris Wanky, he did really well. I mean, you know, there's some guys that just, you know, and there's, you know, there's some obviously some other guys that have done really well that won the Heisman. And there's some mediocre guys. But I just don't think we ever know who's going to be that fucking quarterback. Particularly, you know, the the whole idea of taking a guy and throwing him out there his first year is still fairly new. You know, look what happened in Seattle. Russell Wilson's first year, they had they paid like twelve million dollars, right, for Matt Flynn, who got that twelve million dollars because he had one good game against the Lions. You know, if Jerry Barker was an honest fucking man, and he isn't, <laughs> he would say that I said I thought fucking Russell Wilson looked the best out of all the rookies. He suppressed a laugh in my face, and now I still stand by that. Where the rest of those guys, who everybody was singing their praises, yeah. now looks over and says, look, you know, they're having a rough time a couple years into this. And he despises Pete Carroll as well. Um, so the fucking point of the matter is you don't know where these quarterbacks are going to start. No, and, and you know, the, the whole thing with, with the quarterback in Seattle is that him, he, what's he making this? I think he's making $800,000? Yeah. Which, you know, all right. That's a lot of money, but compared to the other, you know, other guys in the league who are not, who are making fifteen million dollars more than Flacco him. got yeah. signed for a hundred million, and they won yeah, by field goals last night. And, and they still what, won. Yeah, but still Flacco had gone to what the forty yard line. Yeah, but no one, no one runs it up, not consistently. It's not fucking college. Um, all right, let's go over to Mike. Mike in Connecticut, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hello, fellas. Uh, listen, I, don't, I wouldn't get rid of Des Bryant just because, you know, he's perceived to be a dick. Like, I mean, you don't know what he's like in the locker room. I mean, they might love him. I mean, we're looking at this from outside the organization. Uh, what's to say that he's not the most loved guy in that locker room? So, you know, we look at things through a lens, and maybe we're not right. And I, I think he left because he was pissed off. Because if you're going to cry, it's because you fucked up, not because your quarterback did. See, that's the thing is, like, should everyone be treated equal? We always act like, yeah, they should. But, you know, let's go back when there's Eastside Dave. When Eastside Dave was on our team, we know that some days we're going to get weird. You know what I mean? Yeah. And do you act like, well, that's not, you know, that's more important than all the days that it gets weird and it works? You know? I, I, I just feel like we bullshit ourselves. That we lie to ourselves. I mean, I look at Apollo. I'll probably never see him t again after today. I know it's because I'm I'm coming to the end, and you know, Fez will Fez will be able to keep going forever. I'm I'm coming to the end, so I'm done. When do you think you'll be dead? Uh, I, and what I, do you want I'm, us to do funeral wise? Well, I really, actually, if I had a preference, I'd like to be saran wrapped and put in somebody's attic. And I do have some people who are actually interested in that. And what are they going to do with you in there? Well, in the you know, as long as it, if it's a cold place, you're, you're going to be all right. It's just, you, you, it has to be, uh, I don't know how the mummifying effect works. You saran wrap. You just saran wrap, 
very tightly from the stores. Saran wrap. You know, placed in the attic, and then you're a mummy. Right. I mean, if that's the way. So I you get, don't want a funeral. You you want us to say anything on the air when you're gone? Um. Well, if they're nice things, I mean, you could go over the years and think of some nice things. I honestly don't remember most of the things that you've done with us. I know. That somebody else has to bring them up. I understand. But you, when you were younger, you were so bold. And, like, every year since then, you got less and less entertaining. <laughs> not not true. But the fact is... It that is true. It's not totally true. true. I am I am, I am, am always held in reserve. And if I'm not taken off the bench, I'm not taken off the fucking bench. It's not my fault. It's the coaches. Yeah. It's the coaches. Here's the thing. You were to be brought up here to get Fez back involved. Right. Just the opposite happened. But that's not that's not my fault. I came into the situation. I tried to be... You know you sound like today? What? Chris Stanley yesterday. It's the it's <laughs> not my like fault him. guy. No, it's if not I was my fault. This is this is Chris Stanley yesterday. Do you guys like losing? I don't like losing. That's the fucking problem. Don't let I no. I don't I didn't do that. Again, that's one of the worst breaks I've ever heard a fucking human being have. You've gotten so bad at this. Sorry. So bad at this. Rather uh, uncomfortable on this end of the phone, by the way, too, during that whole time. Just so awful. And there, when we don't have Fez to ride the forking board over here, that mic would have went way down. But yeah. um, let's go over to... Um, Out of paper, Gerard. Uh, let's go to Lorenzo. Lorenzo, you're on the Run Fez show. Yeah, Ronnie, where would this end, though, with Des Bryant? Like, would he be allowed to miss a team practice if he didn't feel like going? Would he allowed to miss a team curfew? All right, but let, let, let's play this game. Let, let, let's, not, let's not even take Des Bryant into this. Let's say it's super player. And this guy's super player is going to come in and score two or three touchdowns for you every week, but he misses practice. Would you give a shit? No, if it's in the game, you you want to. You, uh, you he to shows up for the games, doesn't show up for the practice. If you lose, sometimes he'll say we lost because our owner and our coach are, are assholes. But you're still going to get. You're going to have the number one guy by yeah. far in his position. Would you put up with it? I mean, I, I would. Mean, if you I, put I, it I would, that way, I guess. Yeah. I, mean, I would make it. The I, I would make the point. You would be a bad manager if you didn't put up with it. You would be a bad owner if you didn't put up with it. And as far as the other guy is on the fucking team, you're a, an immature pussy if you say, oh, because Paulo said some crazy things, I'm going to have a bad show today. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I can't stand the other guys on the team are going to get down. And feel bad. I also hate the guys who need you to put up something on the locker room wall to get up like their coach said something bad at us. <laughs> oh, now yeah. I'm going to play harder. Play harder anyway, motherfucker. You're a pro. Uh, I lost Johnny here. I guess somebody came in and needed some potato skins. Um, let's um, let's go to Jerry. Jerry, you're on the Run Fest show. Run A. Yeah. So I uh, used to work in the NFL for a couple of years, specifically uh, at the Philadelphia Eagles. And this bullshit happens in locker rooms all the time. Um, I recall uh, when McNabb was leaving his tenure at the Eagles, nobody liked him on that team to the point where he threw a big old birthday bash for himself. 
It was a white party where everyone dresses up in all white at his house. Not one person from the team showed up, and he invited everybody. He was Kenny Powers. Remember that Kenny <laughs> Powers party? <laughs> um, but really, why should I, Why would we care, right? Would you rather have a guy that everybody liked but sucked? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I think at the end of the day, you're like, why do you watch football? For camaraderie or for wins? Why do you want to, you know, follow that thing? To watch a lot of mediocre guys almost play well? Or for some great guys? Um, Fred, Fredersburg, you're on the run of Fez show. Hey, how's it going, boys? Yeah. Hey, I just think, um, I think, I, I, I can't agree with you more. As long as he's, as long as he's playing good on the field, who, who gives a shit if he, if he cries or if he gets upset? It's like, uh, I heard somebody comparing him to T.O., like, Carol Owens and Chad Ochocinco and guys like that, but their problem was that they were causing problems within the team. If, if no one cares that he, if no one on the Cowboys cares that he left the field, then then what's the problem? Yeah, T.O. and Chad, by the way, uh, everyone put up with their shit until they couldn't play anymore, and then they just got rid of them, and they don't care. And that's really what every company wants out of an employee anyway. Let me just use you up until you're useless and then go on our way. I'm sure that there's some truck loading place where they're like, dude, you used to load trucks really well, but you're getting older, you're slowing down, we're going to get rid of you and bring in a younger guy. He's not as good as you used to be, but he's better than you now. That's how it goes. It's really depressing. Well, why is it depressing? You want to see old guys in the loading dock? <laughs> Um, Brian, you're on the Run of Fez show. Right. Hey. Yeah. Um, I think that the uh, one of the perfect examples of those types of guys is uh, Ron Gronkowski. What about him? Um, you know, he's always out there partying, doing his stuff. And, you know, the Patriots lead their, way, uh, lead their team in a certain type of way. But is he so productive on the team, they let him to get uh, away with a lot more of that type of well, stuff. Let's say Gronk is out and they're scoring something like I think 11 points a game less. Yeah, Gronk is a the, the focal point of the goddamn team offensively. He was just he's a beast. He's a freak of nature. Uh and is that worth putting up with all his silly ass shit? And by the way, you saw that he didn't care when his team lost the Super Bowl. He back. was fucking rocking and rolling and doing his thing <laughs> immediately afterwards. But he's done. He's a fucking China doll. MCL ACL all torn up. Uh, Alan in Tulsa, you're on the Run of Fez show. Yeah, I mean, I, we, I totally understand what you're saying about Des Bryant. He, he is a, a diva. But the difference is he hasn't been crying on the field during his job for five years straight. Thank you. All right. I don't even know if he can see from there. I can't tell with this. Maybe some people would rather not leave the field and don't mind people seeing them cry. But here's the thing. Why, why do we care whether you cried or not? He did a bad, you know, his team lost. And they didn't lose because of him. And when he walked off, there was no, you know, they're saying, what if there was a fumble? There wasn't. There wasn't. That would actually be a better fucking thing of if that actually happened, then you would be righteous in how much you attacked him. But you can't play the game of what if. There was some kind of a freak fumble. They got the ball back, and Dez was already taking a shit. 
Uh, Matt, in New York, you're on the Run and Fest show. What's up, Brian Million Bucks? Uh, like, your skill level and the amount of that, how you deliver, that dictates how much bullshit you're allowed to get away with, and that's the way it should be. Like, if you're a star and you're fucking awesome, you know what? You're fucking awesome, man. I'll deal with your crazy shit. I mean, remember when Keith Hernandez was in your studio? That dude was fucking in his underwear playing cards, and they had to fucking get him back on the fucking field because he thought the game was over. It was a fucking huge game. He was fucking playing cards at the, at the end of the game. He didn't even care. Um, he was fucking awesome. Yeah, I do. I agree. That shit can be great. And would you rather have fucking talent? Is talent more important than fucking work ethic? The simple thing is, yes, it is. It's more important. Natural talent is more important than anything else. The For you religious people, the God-given gift. Um... The the tortoise and the hare story, and by the way, there. Uh, what's this guy? BJ from the office. What's BJ Novak? Uh, BJ Novak has kind of written this up in a story, but the fact of the matter is, the hare always beats the tortoise, and you can sit, stay, say slow and steady wins the race, but it's just not true. Maybe once, maybe one day out of a million. It'll win the race. But normally, bet the fucking hare against the tortoise. Yeah, but if the hare has, like, issues and does stupid things and then gets distracted, then the tortoise can trick him. Once, maybe. Once out of a million times. But normally, even if he's fucking around, the hare will beat the fucking tortoise. I mean, he couldn't have done more wrong in that race. <laughs> And still, it came right down to the last second. But if you fucking teach a kid, slow and steady wins the race. It's just not true. And I think is what's happened to Chris Stanley is that he's always waited for the, somebody from the company to come here and say, Kid, I've been watching you, and you've been fucking great. You expect that to happen. I, yeah, I thought it would happen. How many times did I tell you it wouldn't? So many times. I really am a moron for not listening to you on so many things. It's a life lesson. Yeah, but after, after a certain amount of times, it's, it's just me being an idiot. I told One you, time's a life lesson. I told Chris this. If he really wants to make it in radio these days, go out, make a couple of terrific movies, or start a restaurant, <laughs> um, be Become famous outside of radio. Anything other than a ra than talking on the radio. You could, if you left here and started a terrestrial show, um, get a lot of buzz for yourself. Yeah. But you guys refuse to do that. You refuse to do a show without saying fuck. Podcast is clean. <laughs> Why would you do the podcast is clean? I think because of the rating on iTunes. Mm. <laughs> Which is just kind of crazy when you think about it. Yeah. Um, here's uh, Sal. Sal, you're on the Run and Fez show. Hey, Ron. Can yeah. you imagine if... if I'm, I'm, I'm talking about like rock stars. What the boys had to put up with with Jim Morrison. He was always fucked up. He was always drunk. 
But there wouldn't be no Jim, there would be no doors without Jim Morrison. They put up with it because he was draw. He was the pound. Well, that yeah, him, here's the, yeah, here's the other thing. The other three doors, great fucking musicians. And Jim died and no one gave a fuck. You know what I mean? Yeah. Now, they were on time. They did things right. And they were really terrific and talented. But without that fucking lunatic, nobody cared. Um, here's uh, Rich, Rich and Yonkers. You're on the Run Fed Show. Hey, you doing, buddies? I've had this argument on occasion before with different people, and they like to point to Tyson losing a Buster Douglas. See what happens when you fuck around so much, it catches up to you. But Buster Douglas wasn't a tortoise by any stretch. He was just slower hair. They were both hairs. They were both running their athletes. Rich, I think slow and Teddy's gonna fucking win anything. Which, Rich, the idea that he wasn't a tortoise, he was just a slower hare, is so fucking brilliant. I'm sending it into the big ass prize closet because that Money. is that's the smartest thing I've heard in that metaphor in a long fucking time. That's good enough for me to steal someday. It's that fucking good. Um. Right, isn't that that uh, replay? Got someone, got something on. Yeah, new current song like this. <laughs> it's just it's that propo. Um, Gary in Virginia, you're on the run of the show. Oh yeah, Ron. I, I can sort of see your point of view, but I kind of look at it a different way. It's sort of like being privileged or entitled that uh, you know he can get away with it because of his status. I kind of compare it to this kid recently who um, killed the four people in the drunk car accident, and he gets off because he's rich. You know, it's... I, well, if anything, you just made my point. Well, how can it be? You know, it's basically he's getting off because of the status. It doesn't make it right. No, he's not getting off because of the status. He's getting off with the money. If you If you have the opportunity to have more money, have it. Oh, I, I, I don't you know, like, disagree with that at all. Rich, I agree with that, but it shouldn't give you privilege over other people. No, it does give you, you privilege, though. The fact of the matter of you saying that it shouldn't because there should be some level of fairness is just... That's, that's brainwash talk that they gave you as a little kid that we're all equal. The fact of the matter well, is, if we you don't. were a Kennedy, you got away with more... Than if you were just some back fucking bay Boston <laughs> mass hole. Now, and, and and that had to do with the money. Yeah. It's better to have money. I if agree, you're sick, right. if, if it's sick, are you saying it's not right? That's fucking. <laughs> it's like talking to a child. But if you're sick, it's better to have money. You're going to get better doctors. OJ got away with murder because he had money. He had four lawyers come in, and by the end of it, you're like, oh, anyone could fucking attack the system if they had, you know, eight, ten million dollars to throw at it. It's better to have money. Now, money and talent aren't the same thing. What I'm talking about was different in that way. You brought it over. But yes, we're not all equal. You're better off being born a Rockefeller. And then you have your own things to bitch about 
then. You know what I mean? But you're going to have opportunities. The shit that you're saying right now is what you get mad at minorities for saying. But the truth is, is it a better fucking break if you're born with white skin? Yes. Is it better, even a better break if you get a, a white penis added to that? Yes. But you could take a white penis and do with it what Paul O done. Just fucking wasted it, used it up, and not giving a shit. I'm still using it, though. But in, but I'm saying you could have been a success. You can't look around at every young, you right. know. As I'm sure yeah, I there, threw there's a opportunity. You threw it away. Yeah. yeah, you could have been a a, a poor Mexican uh, vagina holder, you know, speaking broken <laughs> English, and said, "Look, I worked hard and I worked smart, and they still wouldn't let me get ahead." I I probably not even doing as good as Paulo, but Paulo has basically been. Retired his entire life. You know what I mean? He's done some half-ass things here and there. But he's lived the way a minority person would hope to one day retire. It's better than a slacker, though. There's a lot of uh, thinking going on in it. Uh, Trevor, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, boys. Big fan of the show. Yeah. Um, the guy that just called in, I don't think it's a... I don't know how that's a fair comparison to a player on a team who contributes to a team and puts points on the board than just some some rich kid, you know? No, I, I would I agree. Don't... I would agree. The, the, the fact is, do if, you have, if you're third and one, right, and you need that fucking one yard, do you want the big, strong, fast, kind of alcoholic dude to fucks around and has some outside babies? <laughs> or do you want a really good, square, sweet dude who also fumbles? I want the fucking jock. I want the fucking... I want the guy that can pull it off. Go sit down, Polo. Big J. I didn't know whether you are going to make it here in the snow. I don't know whether you're going to be here. Sit right, uh, sit anywhere, really. Yeah, sit right here. Sit close to me. It's torrential out there. We were just talking about Des Bryant before you got here, and I know you're a giant Cowboys fan, but people were saying, why do the Cowboys put up with it? And I said, because he's better. He's oh. better than guys that work real hard and don't have that kind of talent. Yeah, but I just don't like him. Uh, you know, anyone who wears the uniform, you just got to hate. So. All right, let me, let me bring this to you, though, in terms of whether you want talent or a hard worker. In terms of stand-up comedy, and let's face it, you've done comedy all over. Mm -hmm. All over this country, all over the world. Do you think a guy who's naturally funny, who's just one of those wise-asses, would you rather go see that guy go up or... Some comedy nerd who works at yeah. 12 hours a day, uh, really works hard. That's an easy one. I actually was listening to you the other day, and you used a great term when you guys were talking about your move, and, and including guys, and you said you've always been a fan of the, uh, I've quoted you on this since, yeah. of the organic funny. Yeah. The guy was funny on the corner. I'm always solely a fan of that guy. Anyone who I have, my, my, even my friends throughout comedy, uh, throughout the business, are from all, it's very weird, I've been like, 
teased for it almost because they're like, yeah. you know, you're hanging out with that open micer and that veteran and that guy who's older than you and yeah. you know, and this guy who's been doing it for a year and a half. And I connect with who I connect with, and all those guys, whether they've figured out on stage how to be, you know, as good as they're going to be, they're guys who are funny, like genuinely funny dudes who make me laugh. Yeah, always. I've never liked the. Uh, it's why I kind of steer clear of that. Brooklyn bar comedy scene. You're never uh, part of that obscure. I don't know why the. I, I don't know whether it's still alt comedy or fucking nerd comedy. What are they calling? I'm not sure what they call it. Things become it. nerd comedy. Alt comedies become nerd comedy. At least that's the term people throw out there. Uh, give me an idea of somebody who's a good nerd comic. A good one? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, are we thinking Galifianakis? No, but he's like he's he's crossed over. He's like so it's sort of mainstream. No, yeah. I get it, but I, I want somebody that I can relate to. Like Dimitri Martin maybe would yeah, fall into Dimitri that category. Dimitri Martin is a good uh, example of what kind of comedy we're talking about here. See, I think he's got an easel on stage. Right. Anyone like those seem like it's like it seems like they go pro right. with all the crutches that a young comic would use. Yeah. You know, it's like I'm going to involve a lot of uh, maybe a character, maybe a different, maybe a costume change at some point. Now. Uh, I think, you know, and we'll go back to another guy, Patrice, that you were buddies with. Yeah. He always did the back of the bus, front of the bus yeah. kind of analogy. And if you look at guys who are like TV writers, they went to Harvard, they're front yeah. of the bus guys. Yeah. Regular fucking guys, you know, back of the bus guys, are probably not going to end up writing for New Girl or Big Bang <laughs> Theory. You no, know? and... Here's a good example of someone who's just like uh, essentially a lunatic, and we actually actually where I quoted you was to him this week was uh, Tracy Morgan. Uh -huh. I saw Tracy, and Tracy was telling me how hard it was as he's trying to compile his new right. Material, and he's got a, a team with him, like, like like helping him, like you know, organize his stuff. And and I almost pulled him aside, and I was like, Tracy, why do you have like why are you employing people? Like you're just a guy who goes up there. Like I think. The same reason that the crowd might go like, oh, geez, when he's on stage, right. or the things that, you know, when he just talks about, you know, butt-fucking a chick and wiping his dick on his her dad's curtains. Like, these are quotes yeah. from him, just rambling, but he's, his delivery and the way he says it and his references he makes are so organically funny that uh, I'm impressed by that way more than somebody... Who wrote the most clever? You know, yeah, who's been you know, working. Close your set on a callback. You yeah. have to bring it all back around to a thing. Uh, and and really, yeah, and really getting the mathematical part of it down. Yeah, which you can do, but those guys, uh, most of those guys, tend to not be funny at all in conversation afterwards. And I'm all, I, I'd rather have the hour after the show where everyone's sitting around like ball busting and. Like, See, this is the thing about being funny. I've seen a guy. Like chase people with a bat, right? Yeah, and you would be laughing. You know what I mean? You'd be like, "Look, he fucking ran outside. He doesn't have any shoes, his shirt on. He's swinging that bat. He's fucking hysterical." And you can't tell why that's funny and not horrific, like it would be if his neighbor did the same thing. But I've fucking seen it happen. I've seen a guy fucking chase people, and we were all wiping fucking tears out of our eyes, going, he's the fuck, he's so fucking funny. Until he connects, then it's not funny anymore. <laughs> the fact is, you're still going to enjoy yourself more than you will a lot of people's sets. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fucking really weird that that part of it, no one has really can figure out why, you know, one works and doesn't. Here's the other thing, and I know that you were 
being rough on a certain famous comedian as kind of being hacky. And I'm saying, well, it's not so much hacky, he got old. But isn't it funny that some things could seem very much in the pocket in one decade and only a couple years later, boom. Yeah, well, I could come in with like a... I actually watched that happen with a lot of guys who I see working still. You know, guys who like were doing it well before I started. Uh-huh. But I still see them around. And when I was younger watching them on whether it be Caroline's Comedy Hour right. or even the Improv, I thought they were so funny. Yeah. And then age also like comes into play and being around it enough. But... um. Oh, now you can see why. Well, you know, I mean? you know it's, it's why someone like Patrice and David Tell are, are so intriguing to watch it is because uh, once you can figure out someone's recipe at all, like, that's what someone described to me as. Once you figure out the recipe, like all the mystery is gone. I remember uh, it was, you know, uh, Dane Cook, who I, I didn't share the hatred mm-hmm. that everybody just had for that guy when I came into comedy. I came in at a different time. I think, I think he's funny. To this day, I think he's like a funny. I get what the critique is, but I just think he's like raw, like humor. But everyone like came at him for being like uh, you know whether he was like corny or just did, you know he just does yeah. But then uh, and I understood it more when someone who did not you know not hate him but just like was like you like that crap like all it is is this this and this, you know and he gives you like the three part recipe and you're yeah. like. Yeah, I guess. Like, every kind of joke does kind of follow that template to some degree. And and that takes it away from you. Like, Patrice, I could never... Like, no matter how hard you try... Like Patrice you, you, you was could, naturally You couldn't figure funny. out the puzzle. Yeah, you couldn't figure out the puzzle because he went up there. But he told me, that was Patrice's advice to me. It was, like, to go on stage with the same confidence you had when you were funny with your friends. He's like, if you were that guy, I, you never over-prepared for that. You just yeah. were. When your friends came over, your role, you assumed was, well, I'm going to be the... Uh, I'm the asshole. I'm the funny guy. We get right. in the car. I'm going to be the one cracking jokes. And you better, it's better <laughs> off if you're hanging around with a bunch of other funny people. Right. So, because that's going to bring your fucking game up. Because there is places that, you know, you can't do the thing of, okay, I know a funny guy at school, and now that I'm away on vacation, I'm going to use some of those lines on these fucking geeks well, in Wildwood. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> but the interesting thing is, the, uh, the dork comics hang out with the suits because they mesh in with that world a lot better. And uh, the organic funny guy, you know, uh, is sitting back in the green room with the other comics still, you know, till well after the crowd leaves, just like, you know, making fun of one of the guy's moms. <laughs> That's just so more. Which what is you're saying, you're going to be more be. successful as one of the fucking geek comics. Very much so. Yeah, well, uh, Colin Quinn and his, uh, his keynote speech up in the Montreal Festival this year really pushed hard he was saying for for comics to like he's saying like go to the party he's like do all because oh he's like all his instincts right. and you're talking about a naturally funny guy Colin yeah. you know um but he was saying the same thing it's like for years for like he said for years and years he just avoided like you know I'm not going to that stupid industry party and everyone's hanging out till four in the morning down there doing what and he said go you gotta go like all that elbow rubbing is necessary but it's like someone like me it's not in my instincts at all to do that I, I, I don't want to uh, even though they're the ones that can put you to the next level, like I do have an us yeah. versus them. I'm like, these are the people that will stifle the creativity and not foster it. Very rarely will you find a guy in a suit to foster creativity. Well, here's the thing. T- Tommy Rhodes, who I've known forever, came in the other day. and he I was, hung out with him all week this He week. was telling me how funny he thinks that you are. Oh, cool. And here's the thing. 
he'll never be able to do anything for your career. <laughs> now, but to me, that's like the respect of your peers. Yeah, yeah. Means that you're, you know, a fucking funny dude. And I, I would be more likely to believe that somebody is funny that Rhodes told me was funny than right, I right. would if the guy with the fucking corner office down there told me sure. is funny. And yet that guy with the corner office is going to do more for people than yeah. Rhodes. Oh, no, absolutely. It's like a one decision. Yeah. You know, like This is the guy. They just say you are, and, the, and then it becomes, you know, as such. And then you get a guy like, uh, what's his name, the community guy. is like, you know, has a rampantly successful comedy career the uh the black guy from community no 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 he's got some he's got some blossoming rap career apparently <laughs> yeah oddly enough so who are we says, talking about from community uh, joel joel McHale. Yeah, yeah. yeah the guy from talk soup who is funny on talk soup you know like yeah. his delivery on, on stuff is great but it's just like uh it's very weird to watch somebody where you feel like there was no passion or genuine calling to do stand-up in any way or be a funny guy you know what i mean like he, yeah. he got his notoriety from these two shows, and then it's like, oh, you know, I can make another six figures a year because I'll put asses in seats, and I can go up there and fart out some kind of right. set that's like whatever. I know. don't. I I have never seen a stand up, so I can't comment on it. But a lot of people, I've never seen either. I'm still commenting uh, on it. Where's okay. your balls? <laughs> <laughs> well, my point was maybe Guy he's sucks. maybe he's funny. <laughs> well, I know maybe he's funny as shit. I don't know. <laughs> But and, and I can't be like you, like oh, like here. Let me just use this person's name. You don't size the guy up example. and see if I can. Like I can take that guy. I can take Joel McHale if you want to throw down. But I'm not gonna shit. If Chuck Zito started doing comedy, I'd be like, all right, you know, he's probably all right. But see, here's the thing: a lot of people that don't that live far away from the New York or LA would just buy tickets to see somebody from TV. You sure. know what I mean? Like oh. doesn't matter who they are. They have and then they're furious when it's not like fantastic. Yeah, they're right. like, oh, fifty bucks a ticket to see this dildo. You know, it's yeah. always like someone like their their chick drag them out. I, I I see a lot of that when I go with uh, not a lot, but when I go with uh, Steve O. I've done some shows with uh -huh. Steve O. And you know, the guys come out like the girls are thrilled no matter what. Right. The the twenty five year old girls are thrilled to be there. They don't care no matter what. And the guys are always like, I don't know, man. This guy's like, Well, when is Steve O you know to be a stand up comic? Like you're you know, he can't let an alligator bite his asshole while he's on stage. you know, it's like he can't do that. Like I'm not sure what people were expecting. And you know, but you're but you're watching a guy and I like Steve O very much. Yeah. Like so watching you're watching a guy develop in front of sold out audiences that paid a lot of money to see him. It's a weird thing. You know, you're supposed to have those moments where you go, you know, after a guitar act who just did three minutes, and then you get your three minutes, and then, you know what I mean? The guy after yeah. you's got in phony teeth and humping a stool for five minutes. God, the clubs just sound fantastic. Oh. I just feel like I want to spend my whole life just going and hanging out. The there. scene's been pulled away from the clubs, it's all happening in those. Uh, Brooklyn bars and shit. You got to start going to the Brooklyn bars and seeing if you can get over. You're playing Laugh Boston near Eve, though. Yeah, yeah. New club in Boston. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty excited about that. The, the only other club out there, I believe, is like an 1100 seat theater. <laughs> really? <laughs> yes, those are your two choices. Uh, so, Laugh Boston, you've never played? No, it's brand new. I believe it just opened. And then the 1100 seat theater. And there's another 1100 seat theater, yeah. Which... Um, you know who's playing there that night? Joel McHale. <laughs> just four shows. Just added two more. <laughs> well, you know, it's interesting. I started out with, I just saw him the other day, actually. He was in town for a 
that De Niro Stallone movie preview was uh, Kevin Hart, mm-hmm. who I started with. Right. And you know, to see his like level of uh, yeah. famous, like so bizarre. You know what I mean? So it's like that 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 very much that eleven hundred seat theater. Like I think they told me yeah, they told me um, that he sold out like. It was like seven or ten shows in a row. She Kevin said, it's Hart amazing. It's amazing. Sold out uh, Utah twice, where they just Everyone. it was the entire state of Utah. <laughs> they packed people in. I'm gonna bring somebody in for a couple minutes, though. We can keep this going. Sit and hang for it. This is John Leguizamo, uh, who uh, very funny guy. Did everything on the outside himself, and he's got a movie out now called. Um, it's walking with dinosaurs. It's walking with dinosaurs is what it is. It's fun stuff for kids. So let's bring in John Leguizamo. Walking with Dinosaurs comes out in theaters everywhere this Friday, December 20th. John, welcome to the show, buddy. Welcome. Thank you. I, I think I overdressed. <laughs> in this room, yeah. Oh, yeah, man. I feel like I look like a Republican or something. <laughs> it really, you really do look like one of those guys that is here to get the award for having the best store <laughs> downtown. We were just actually talking about uh, comedy before you got here. Big J is a comedian. John is a guy who you almost 100% invented your whole scene. Oh, I had to. Yeah, I had no choice. of comedy. Yeah, I mean, you know, you know they were, the, the opportunities were, were, were lacking for me in terms of what I wanted to do. So... I wrote my own stuff. Also, I didn't like comedy clubs. There were there wasn't. I I didn't really tell jokes. I told more like stories. Yeah. And, and did characters and sketches. So I went downtown to the performance art spaces, and you know you know you did it in people's living rooms. You right. did it in uh, I don't know. You did it like in these weird spaces, really small. But you did your thing, and all these people doing all this wild stuff. Well, what gave you that thing that I'm just going to use my own life and characters in my neighborhood and stuff like that? Well, you know, because I just didn't see Latin people out there enough in the media. And, yeah. and I was like, I want people to see, I, I want to write stuff for me that I want to see. Mm-hmm. So that's what I did. I started writing about people in my neighborhood first, and then I started writing about fictional things about my family. And then, and then from that, that was an easy leap to just going straight to writing about myself. Now, Jay, this is the difference, though. Right away, well, John, critics got involved. People were writing about them, giving them awards. But I think if you do that when people are, you know, ordering drinks, yeah. you know what I mean? It's a totally different thing. <laughs> no, so no, right, away, you you it, right away, you were seen as an artist. But know? I was an artist. It yeah. was a difference because I left the comedy club because they wouldn't, you can't, you couldn't go there in the comedy clubs. People yeah. don't want to hear it. They're drunk. They're calling your names. Right. They were yelling, hey, come on, do the Richie, the, the Bamba thing. And I'm like, shut up. I'm an artist. <laughs> they don't really laugh, you know. So I, I went downtown where they let me do my long stories, my long yeah. form. And, and nobody cared about, you know, how many jokes, how many drinks. You just had to 
be innovative. But every one of these things that you've done, I guess they're uh, one-man plays. These all became pretty legendary. Uh, Big-ticket sellers and, again, being able to do it your way. Yeah, it was wild because also... I mean, I was also reinventing something in a, in a way. You know, I had great pre predecessors before me. I had Eric Bogosian right. going, bringing sex and rock and roll into the one-man show thing. You had Whoopi Goldberg bringing the ghetto and poetry. You had Lily Tomlin bringing the, the play and yeah. the mime and Richard Pryor before me. So I took all the little piece from everybody and Spalding Gray, of course, yeah. who did the, the bio stuff. And I, and I created my own thing, my own hybrid of all that, which was... A play about myself playing all the characters, and then all of a sudden, you know, everybody started doing father. I did a father and son freak, then everybody started doing a father and son, and now, then I did, uh, you know, this one is about my career, now everybody's doing it about the career. Yeah. Why not? Uh, but the fact that you coming out of your neighborhood would even know who Spalding Gray and Eric Bergosian is was also. <laughs> kind of stunning, you know what I mean? Like, but you know what? Because I was in the performance art yeah. spaces, man, and I yeah. got an education. It was crazy. That look who was there: Eric Bogosian, Reno, uh, some big Broadway directors who were trying to be comedians or performance artists, and then Michael Mayer. He became a huge. He did all those big Broadway musicals. Yes, yeah. uh, and your career, maybe because of that, is kind of all over <laughs> the place. You know what I mean? No Very all over it. the place, yeah. yeah. You do comedies, you do dramas. It, it, I like to mix it up. And is that that's done on purpose? Yeah. I, I didn't ever want to repeat myself. I didn't want to be pigeonholed. I wanted to do whatever I wanted. I wanted to write my own life, you know. And, uh, you know, I, I think it, it's it's a problem mm -hmm. in, for for people who want to cast you or if people like in America like to have you as a, as a product pigeonholed. Right. So it's something that you can be purchased and so i don't really fit in any category so it, it can never really you know it's, it's, it's kind of rough for some things. well this thing that you're doing now is so strange because this dinosaur movie that looks like i don't know there's actual dinosaurs in it i mean it looks incredibly it's new it's a new weird. type of animation it's called photorealism yeah and it's crazy because it looks like somebody had a doc but doc camera back in the Jurassic period. But some of the stuff is real, right? So there's like the scenery is real. Yeah, but not obviously none of the dinosaurs <laughs> are real. That's what you were saying. I'm like, well, I don't, I, probably I don't, not. I don't. <laughs> no, but like some of the birds and shit are real, right? No, some of dog. the things flying around no. the clouds are real. The clouds are real, but not none of the there's creatures. None of the creatures at no, all are real. The, no pterodactyls were hurt during the filming of this of this thing. It is the nuttiest looking thing, and there were people like when I saw the screening, we we're going. Well, which part of this was real? animated? Yeah, yeah, yeah well, it was animated. You can't tell, man, because it's photorealism, and they had some of the best animators in the world doing these creatures. And then we did it like uh, the Honey Badger YouTube thing. Right. They filmed it all first and put it together. Then we voiced to it, which is just the exact opposite of what they exactly. normally do. Right. The no normal process is you record first, then they animate to your voice. Mm -hmm. So this, we had to watch it and watch it. And 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 try to find where to put our voice, how to put our voice, what to add the jokes. You improv during that? Yeah, or? we did a lot. You improv during everything. Yeah, right? but then you had the B we had the BBC on top of us because uh -huh. they, they they they're the ones that own uh, Walking with Dinosaurs, and they were like, no, no, that was totally incorrect. <laughs> we'll have to redo it. So I had to come back. Do do you improv a lot? Like, do you when you do your one man shows? Those are those are like to the word scripted. Yeah. Or do you to the word scripted. I still improv. I still improvise do you a leave lot. Room for improv, but. Because it, it still could be better, and it still could, be, and then you don't know how you're feeling that day. 
But yeah, but it is scripted. But it's scripted. It's scripted, though, right? You don't sit down and write. You no, improv- I sit down and write. You do. And then I improvise. Then I sit down and write. Then I improvise. I do. I use a lot of methods, man. Yeah. You know, I'm like, I'll, I'll, I'll just make up stuff while I'm walking around. Then I'll go run and write it because I, I made it up. Some other stuff I just sit down and write. Yeah. And then I get up and improvise on it. You know what I mean? You say it on stage and then go write it down? Yeah. You must not smoke weed. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't. You know why? Because I learned, I used to perform a little bit when I was on weed, and I thought I was yeah. fantastic, and my teachers go, you suck. Yeah. I go, no, man. I was the best I've ever been. No, you weren't. You really sucked. I go, but dude, I, I, so I learned never to perform being high. Where, where did that education, where were you educated at with that? I well, I went to the best acting schools in Manhattan, man. Yeah. HB Studios, Lee Strasberg, Ken Yulo, Win Handman. See, the thing is, but you were also a street guy before that, yeah. right? So it's street that you bring in. That's no, what it's people... street and fear. Was, <laughs> at 17, the fear of being a loser and working at Kentucky Fried Chicken for minimum wage for the rest of my life right. freaked me out. And I was like, oh my God, I'm going to not even have a GED. I'm not even going to be, I'm not going to be anything. Yeah. And all of a sudden, I, I, I started looking for some answers and... My math teacher said, instead of sort of filling out Mr. Lesquizamo, why don't you take acting classes and take it seriously? So I said, F you, fuck you, leave me alone, you don't know shit. <laughs> right. You know, a punk-ass teenager. But then I did go home and I looked in the yellow pages and I found an acting school and I started going and boom, this was my thing. That man. was your thing And right all of a sudden away. my whole life turned around on a dime that day. And then and the weird thing though, but the ability to write was yours that ability because a lot of people act a lot of people think oh i took these classes but to invent the characters to put it together to shape it like that uh that had to be your own natural talent right well you know my talent came from you know i i I was in a really competitive school for class clowns and so and we had this table like the algonquin round table that you could only be at that table if you were mad funny right so I wasn't there for a couple of years. So I started writing my jokes the day before, and I had these files, and, and I, was, you know, I had it all under joke about um, high waters, joke about skippies, you know, and, and I would come in that next day and, and throw my jokes till I got to sit at that damn table. But I feel like Cle- clever never won. Like, Clever Funny never wins Class Clown. It's like, you know, the armpit fart guy. Right. Always won Class Clown. Was That's that why guy. I never won. Felt, felt I felt guilty, <laughs> too. You're like, really? That wasn't... That guy didn't work that over. I wrote a hilarious poem last night. Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> then, then you're right. It's stupid always beats, you yeah. know, Clever. But there is always some guy who talks right. that idiot into doing the shit. Like, hey, maybe you ought to run down there with your pants off. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like, that's the really funny guy. Yeah, yeah, who yeah. Who can grab yeah. that class He's like idiot. a director. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The marionette, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, that's always the, the seriously funny guy. Um, you, when you did this stuff on stage, and not a lot of people were doing, the fact of, of like a one-man show normally was never as raw as what you brought out there. And you brought a lot of shit out of your personal life, yeah, yeah. a lot of the business stuff. And I know that, that you got blowback for oh, that, Oh, yeah. Right? Well, not only... Are you, are you kidding me? Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know... My parents, you know, my father was going to sue me. My mom then threatened to sue me, too. She goes, if your father's going to suit you, I'm going to suit you. <laughs> Stop writing about me. I go, Mom, you get too many laughs. I'm not going to cut you out. That's crazy. Uh, you know, and then, you know, from celebrities and, you know, yeah, I ran into a lot of problems. And, and even if some Latin people, some hoods on the street, yo, you can't talk about Latin women like that. Who are you to speak for all of us? 
I was like, I gotta go. I'm catching a cab. See you. Right. <laughs> Jump out of that situation. You can't, same, you can't walk through that same neighborhood dressed the way you are now. You <laughs> no, 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 no. Don't think I'm a cop. Are you a cop? <laughs> Yo, what's up? Keep walk. Keep walking. Uh, but it, it's worth it to you if the laughs are there. If if you feel you're being true to it. Yeah, I you know. I, I I was doing it for myself, and I said I just want to write. But I got it right, and and I I wasn't even really aware of the consequences. I'll be honest; I didn't even mm. know there would be consequences. Otherwise, I would have think I would I would have thought twice about it. I just thought I was writing this thing and telling the truth, and uh, I thought the truth would set me free. But it causes a lot of freaking problems. It does, man. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't come for free. It comes with a price tag. But you know, um, you were talking about Bergosian. Have you ever watched that movie Talk Radio? Oh yeah. Did? And his wife was saying. Bonnie, about, uh, Joe Bonnie. Yeah, and she was like, what about our, you know, why don't you come in, you'll be my producer, and we'll do this. She goes, yeah, but what about our marriage? And he goes, fuck our marriage, I'm talking about the show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean? yeah. And like, you, when you relate to that line, you know that you're probably out of balance. But how can you not relate? You gotta, I mean, it, you gotta, you gotta, I mean, there's a point in your life, there is a time for it, too. I yeah. mean, when you're in your 20s, if you're not going for it, I right. mean, you gotta, you gotta give everything up for it. You sacrifice everything for it. Uh, but now that you have kids, you want to protect them from... Yeah, I try not to talk about them in my yeah. shows. I try to keep them out, give them some protection. Right. <laughs> Be some kind of father. Yeah, because you got to figure, you know, the kids never once asked for it. Your parents, it's their fault. They're the ones who had a kid. You know, it's not their fault. I'm going to blame them anyhow. <laughs> yeah, you know? I mean, that, that's my job. Yeah. <laughs> do you want to keep your kids out of show business or do you like whatever they want to do? You know, it's what you know. Anything they find they're passionate about, you know, whatever. If my son wants to be a magician, all right, he'll live with me for the rest of his life. Fine, right? But I'll help him. You know, I'll yeah, get him. I'll get true. him into the magic castle in L.A. It is. It is true that it uh, and and it's the only secret to parenthood. Is just like find out what they want to yep. do, and be somewhat supportive. But do you think there's any kind of a line on when I was doing a. I was on a show on IFC for two years, and they involved a lot of kids. A lot of children's parties were uh, in the show, and they would tell me, like, you could bring your daughter. She was about uh, maybe seven or eight at the time, mm -hmm. maybe nine. But they would say, uh, you know, bring her. You could bring her in for the scenes. And the thing, I'd be there for the scenes when they had the other kids there, and the uh, assistant director is, you know, he was like, hey, we need you to sit up. Stop talking to each other. And, sit. and I'm, like, I'm like, if this guy's talking to my daughter like that, I would be like, hey, man, she is eight. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. She's not going for an yeah. award, man. Yeah, like, yeah. She doesn't need an IRA. She's not working for a pension yet. <laughs> but some of those kids are eight, and they're like pros. They're oh, just, yo, you see the things you see. Go. The thing you see, I mean, I've done a lot of movies with kids, actors. You, you go, you don't want your kid to be a kid actor. Yeah. I mean, the mom's giving them Red Bull at, yeah. at, if a nine-year-old kid at midnight because they want him to be perform. And they're bizarrely oh, Sure. They're like bizarre. Yes, crazy. Like a seven-year-old was like talking about his girl and his. Oh and his, my and his God! Mom talking about tits. I yeah. mean, this nine-year-old was like, "God, look at her rack. Isn't that hot?" I'm going, you don't even get wood. What are you talking about? Shut the hell up. For a second, they give him like, "I know, right?" Oh, wait. <laughs> oh, wait, wait a minute. You're not. A, you're not a dude. You're a child. They always seem really mature until they hit like 22, and then they feel, look like babies. You know, they don't know what to do with their money. They're emotionally immature. <laughs> yeah, man. right. And the kid from the toy started doing uh, porn at one point? Yeah, he did. Yeah. yeah, he did. Well, he wanted people to look at him. That was the <laughs> important thing. Um, this, um, now this, how old's your kid? She's 11. All right, this is probably just about in the pocket. Yeah, yes, it's in like the pocket. It's like about three to nine, when kids get obsessed with dinosaurs. Well, I don't know what it is about dinosaurs and little kids. I don't know, but I was obsessed, man. When yeah. I was six, there was this gas station called Sinclair. I don't know if you remember. Yeah. 
and they had the big green brontosaurus. Yeah, it looked like the got, one when yeah, Fred Flintstone used yes, to slide yes, down. Exactly. And if you, your parents got enough tanks of gas, they would get these little stamps. You put them in a book. Yeah. Green plaid stamps. My pa- I begged, please get me that bag. <laughs> and then you know, after a year, I, I would make my father drive really fast so he'd use up the gas. <laughs> and they finally got it from me. And they brought it home. I blew it up. And I got it next to the radiator. And it blew up. And <laughs> I ended up with a piece of green plastic next to and my that, bed. But, but you were just, you wanted the dinosaur. I wanted more than, than life itself. Yeah. Your inflatable dinosaur with the way of the real dinosaur. Isn't that, isn't <laughs> that ironic? <laughs> it's the most ironic thing that's ever happened. <laughs> Um, but traumatize me. Kids, kids are crazy interested in yeah. dinosaurs when they're little. I guess because they're the only the real monsters that ever exist. Yeah. Everything right. else is myth and and fabrication. They, these were real monsters, and we feel superior because they're extinct. Yeah, they're gone. They're gone. But, <laughs> but if there was only one of them around today, they would be fucking us up. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> Jurassic Park. Yeah, if Jurassic there was just Park. One. You saw that. Uh, Jurassic Park. But it can't happen, dog, because they can't find enough healthy DNA to bring them back. You look shocked. No, I'm, I'm, <laughs> what, I'm sitting here shocked? thinking, though. But I thought in the movie they said frog DNA, but I thought that they said at some point we would be able amber. to do this. They said an amber, yeah. this, this mosquito that bit a dinosaur, protected the DNA, but they haven't been, no DNA has survived. Hey guys, let's just let it go. We saw what happened in the movie, right? Right, let's right, right. Don't we you know don't that, that's, that's yeah. what's going to happen? Did it's prophetic. <laughs> but you know, but we never walk back science. You know, like everything you've ever seen in your life said, don't make a robot. Don't have right, a robot. Right, don't right. turn on us. And you're looking around, and people are inventing robots uh-huh. every day. Oh, that uh, that uh, uh, Xbox One. My buddy just got that, and uh, my that, son's that, dying that, for it. It's it, it's a ro- it's freaky. It's it's, it's, actually, a it's, robot? it's it's too much. It's too when you you could walk in your house and say uh, you say Xbox on. It turns on Xbox Watch NBC. Can you say wife is on? Yeah. Wife, <laughs> wife turn on. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be right up. <laughs> yeah, how far? How far are we away from sex robots? You know, uh, someone asked that question recently. Was yeah. it's too real that it's like it's like virtual pay, vaginas? Is that what yeah. you're saying? Yeah. Like seven, ten thousand dollars or whatever to, to have a. Uh, well, that's a lot of money. I got my hand. <laughs> Fuck that shit. <laughs> it's uh, free. But we will not walk back on science. You know, no. We did I go will... too far? Or just, uh, did I go too far? You look. Uh, you guys are ignoring me now. No, no, <laughs> no. I, I mean, I feel like I, I crossed the line. I, I really, too I, much. I like that you, like you brought it up saying that it won't happen because I really do think it, it may happen. I think that we may get to the point where we at least have like I don't know some DNA. Somebody will find some way of yeah. recreating that DNA structure. Yeah, like figure out. The, the exact code and then just replicate instead of finding live DNA. Yeah, I'm not st- even an expert. <laughs> no, no. Like, I wear a tie and all of a sudden I think I know everything. <laughs> well, you know everything and plus you play a bird in this movie. So you got to know some of this Can you believe stuff. I, I thought I was going to play, they, they told me I'm going to be walking with dinosaurs and I thought, oh my God, I'm going to get to be a T-Rex or a bro-. And I was working on a really deep voice and then they go, you're going to be a bird. And I was like, come on, really? Really? Not I want to be one of those powerful voices. Not even a pterodactyl. A not bird. even a pterodactyl. I'm a first reptilian bird. It's got teeth. <laughs> oh, big deal. Walking with Dinosaurs comes out in theaters everywhere this Friday. If you've got kids, I'd say in that kind of three years old up, when they really get into this, 
Uh, it's a million times better than just taking them to a regular cartoon. They're going to love it, man. They're going to so go crazy for it. It's, it's actual dinosaur behavior. I mean, they go for each other. It, it, you see, it's like UFC, but with dinosaurs. It's pretty amazing. Walking with Dinosaurs comes out in theaters everywhere this Friday. Thanks for stopping by, a pleasure, dude. I man. hope you Always. come back again. Thank you, brother. Happy uh, holidays, y'all. We'll see you next time. All right, Big J, you warmed up to him a little bit. Yeah. You weren't... We nestled up. <laughs> yeah, at first you were like, oh, God, he's bringing another guy. Because you get that way. Every time that you come in, there's always someone different that stops by, and you're like, this, this is my time. Well, Paulo was already here. I was, Paulo was, I was already itchy. here. I was itchy. Yeah. Uh, who was the... AJ? Oh, AJ Dynamite oh, AJ is Dynamite. like the... <laughs> exact opposite. AJ Dynamite was ridiculous yeah. because I didn't... Uh, I think we I think we were forty five minutes into it before I started to get to get the whole joke. I'm like, so this guy's not in a movie at all. This is just some lunatic, I guess. Um, <laughs> of all the characters I'm familiar with, I wasn't familiar with AJ. Hey, uh, Polo, why were you fucking around in the curtains and shit while I was in the middle of that? So he looks up and says, "Oh, you look shocked, but I was looking at you at the time." I literally was confused. You got underneath curtains and we're walking around. I was he was not. He was just being an asshole to annoy. By the door. Jesus Christ, Polo. Um, he was trying to really get you to like him did you pick up on that it's a comic thing yeah it's a you know it's a when i introduced you as a comic it's, it's always like yeah it's the i'm not a oh, by the way i'm not a sellout yeah <laughs> well i you know i give the guy uh tons of credit because like i said when he was doing shit on his own they were like handing him awards oh yeah instead of being a you know a comic doing an hour they were looking at it as theater yeah you know and it really is it, it, it that is such a uh the difference is where you do it at. It is. It is if, it's if you, a stand-up special. If you could also, if you could uh, promote, if you know how to like, like self-promotion is a is a, a gift. Right. Like it, it, it's a talent like anything else. I I'm terrible at that. Well, it's also horrible to do. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's but, horrible. But, but for some reason, the people don't seem to mind. Like it's all internal, like angst that causes. Like you either you either can do it. Or you can't, but the people really don't care. You can self-promote all you want. You can give out stickers right. and say my website and check me out on here, and I'll be here, here, and here, and check me out. Please go on my website. Oh, well, it's all on my website, my Twitter feed. But uh, people don't care. I It bothers me to do it for some reason. Um, it's just the same thing with selling merch. I feel like it's showing them there's ulterior motive, where it's just like, I just want you to come out and enjoy what I do. Like, I'm not trying to hose you for another 10 bucks for my CD. Or, I've done it, and I, I don't like it. There's but. some part of you that doesn't want to do really well, too. You know that, Jay. 
There's you some think? part of you. Yeah, I know there is. And I don't know what it is, but something happened. I'm going to guess when you were a little kid. <laughs> <laughs> Someone told you something. And you're like, I'm you're never going to be yeah, shit. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to make that come true. <laughs> Because uh, you brought up your buddy, fucking Har Kevin Hart. He's a, he's like a machine yeah. of positivity. I never saw... Not that I didn't see it coming, his celebrity. I did, but I, I never saw like how long-term good was going to be from like what his ethic was in the beginning. And it was very... I'm talking about we're doing open mics and these little... We started off in the all-black circuit, so just doing these little like shit rooms for $25 here and there and driving the D.C. for 20 bucks to perform at a black show at a bar that mm -hmm. was like not going to go particularly well or anything. But on our way there, I remember Kev was always like, oh, I got to send off a headshot and a tape to this... Uh, there's a guy who books these colleges and make a couple dollars doing that. And... uh you know, and to, to even be like, you're gonna send that stuff off now. I'd almost be like, you got headshots, man. Like that <laughs> yeah, kind of right. thing. Like I still, the comedy seller does not have a picture of me up because I don't really don't have headshots. Like I don't have promotional materials. So when I send, them, I, I have digital copies of like pictures. Right. That so I have, they'll but, print them themselves and <laughs> so put them you in want the frame. Make a poster from a candid <laughs> shot, which happens too many times on the road. <laughs> they just take out. They just take out my daughter. It's just me cutting a cake on her birthday. And she's not in it. <laughs> just a Come selfie, watch over and cut a, a selfie, selfie that you just did that afternoon. Blurry. <laughs> yeah, put it up. It's going to be really good. The Polaroid. Some people just believe in themselves so much. That it's unfucking believable, and Kevin Hart's one of those guys. He believes, but there's something. It's it's more than that. Because I believe, I believe, if you gave me a sold out crowd at the O2 Arena, I could walk out onto it and do right, do well. I had to walk out with that confidence. I did those. They asked me to do. I think uh, I might be doing Mayhem Fest again this summer, the heavy metal tour, and uh, like I walk out for those because like, like like I can get them. Like I have no fear to go try, mm -hmm. and I believe that uh, uh, I can make any crowd laugh. You know what I mean? Like a right. big or small or old people, young people, black, white, it doesn't matter. But um, for some reason, I just don't like... But there is, uh, they're probably, you're definitely right. I don't, I can't put my finger on it either, but there's definitely some of that, like, w with, you know, with that fame comes you, a responsibility, too, to some degree, and like an actual... Uh, and you don't want that. I, did, I don't know. I, don't, I mean, I, when, I did, when I did that show on IFC, it was for chicken feed. The money was garbage. Yeah. But I did enjoy the product when it was done. It was improv script, like uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm. Right. So I got to, like, make up, and it was uncensored, so I got to make up all my own lines pretty much on the fly, as long as it kept in the storyline. And um, I did love I didn't like getting up, like, every day at those hours, because I was still doing stand-up, which I probably, a lot of people probably wouldn't have done, but I kept doing that. Look at Norton all these years. has gotten up at... And done the ONA show every goddamn morning yeah. when he's out every night. Right, right. Yeah, no, absolutely. You got to be really driven to do that. And I did. I was doing. I was, you know, and I go at the end of the comedy show. Or I'm one of the last guys always, like second to last or last, which can get you out of there sometimes, like three something in the morning. And I'd have like five a.m. call times, but I would still three nights a week during the week. I'd do all weekends. I would work, but uh, I would do stand up still, like Monday night, Tuesday night. And uh, and still and get up the next morning because it was still like I was like when that show ends and they will all they they always do uh, I still have to be on my game and there's and and one thing about comedy especially now and maybe always you know it's, it's I have no perspective on that but there's two hundred guys waiting to jump right into that spot that I leave vacant oh yeah you know, and that's 
that's a guarantee. And there's and, and you know some of them are funny, and some of them are. It doesn't always necessarily need to be funny. There could be a guy waiting for my spot who just also has forty thousand Twitter followers that he's actively tweeting ten times a day, and they will come out. You got, to the, shows. You got the bot tweets though. You got the bot tweets because we meet a lot of people who oh they have tons of followers. And then they don't, and then like our boss is like, hey, you guys got it, because I never do the fucking Twitter. Right. He's on us every day, and he goes, uh, you got to do it. And I go, all right, I'll get, you, I'll get your bot spot up. It'll just <laughs> fucking, it'll be spam. <laughs> and then you'll get off my dick. Um, <coughs> I'd, like, I'd like to manage your career, because I think within two years, I'd have you on House of Buggin' too. Trying to let it down this whole thing. I loved House of Buggin'. <laughs> you know what's funny, though? You know who loved House of Buggin'? Black people. Yeah. The last time that, uh, and we get all kinds of huge celebrities come up here, but all security was crazy because last time when Leguizamo was here, and it was because they all watched House of Buggin' in the 90s. Really? They all watched it. Yeah. My Black people love Puerto Ricans. Oh, it's like thick as Steve's. And yet, they fight with each other, but... The only fucking parade black people come out for is the Puerto Rican parade. Well, they won't even come out for the black parades. Well, rape's legal there. You know, I, uh, that's the <laughs> stereotype that we're trying to fight under the new mayor. <laughs> What's the new mayor's name? De Blasio. On this the De Blasio era. <laughs> Big, Jay's, Big Jay's going to be in Boston for New Year's Eve at Laugh Boston. You can go to laughboston.com for tickets. Ring in to 2014 with Big J Okerson. I like that he added the ring in. Yeah. 2014. That was nice. <laughs> Have a champagne toast. I'm going to at midnight. With the big guy. Let's, seriously, let's make 14 gray. <laughs> You're going to say that to everybody? Right. Lift your glasses, everyone. <laughs> We're counting down. Yeah. 10, 9. Grab your best scale. Yeah. Every oh. time I've done, uh, it, that is always, that's where the acting comes into play. <laughs> is, the, uh, is, is, is when you got to go out there and be like, happy eh, new. I'm so visibly uncomfortable. Again, it's too much of a social crowd situation. You know what was what's weird about New Year's Eve? Even in Florida, when I had my club, we still, that one fucking night, and this always pissed me off, had to rent the big screen right. so we because people feel like they need to watch the ball drop. Yeah. And, you know, we didn't have a fucking TV in the place every year. We had to rent a fucking big screen every year, hang it up, point at it. For two minutes. Yeah, they turn it off and no one gives a and shit. And renting a big screen is the exact same as buying one. The only reason, <laughs> yeah. you know, the only reason why we didn't buy it is because we had to store it all year. <laughs> but it always annoyed me that people felt this fucking need to yeah. watch a ball drop. When I did uh, I did Governors last year with David Tell, like in the middle of like him just being hilarious, they have to like turn these TVs on. To, you can watch Jenny McCarthy get. Finger blasted by a soldier <laughs> on non-live TV. I I don't know if that happened. It's not exactly the way it went down. <laughs> but isn't that funny? Oh, yeah, <laughs> Four, three, two. And she's just fucking riding it. <laughs> Best New Year's ever. I right, why don't we uh, break your Big J's hanging out? You're gonna hang out for a while, right? Yeah, I'm here. Buddy. I don't know whether you, so you kick me out. You didn't come in with as many people as Leguizamo did, where he had what a fleet, yeah. Six. a fleet of whites. <laughs> we had a, a, the guest one day who had the biggest posse. I know who did an unmasked history, and that was Nanny. 
Yeah. Whoever yeah. the nanny is. Your friend, Fran Drescher. She actually had dressers and makeup people and hair people. I was with that, that entire crew of people in the booth during the unmask. It was like just every, like every seat. I had to stand up and give my seat to them. Well, when I when I met her like in the green room, they were all around her. And she was like, hi, Ron. It's great to see you. Thanks. And they're doing her hair and everything. And I'm like, um, it's just radio. <laughs> Huge. Also, the, all the, the hip-hop guys uh, always have a giant posse also. Yeah, I don't have them in, though. There's, <laughs> no hip-hop guys? <laughs> no. Why would I? You don't have anything to ask them? <laughs> no. So, I see your name here is Kendrick Lamar. So, why don't you play guitar? <laughs> Got samples. Now, are you rhyming instead of singing? All right, let me break here. Uh, right back. Big J sitting in with us. And you'll ring in the new year. You'll ring in 2014 with him at Laugh Boston. Go to laughboston.com. We'll be uh, right back. I want to get into some stuff. The Rock and Roll Hall of Fame came out. Uh, and we'll talk about that when we nice. get back. It's the Ron and Fez show. Ron and Fez. Spirit over there doing the soundtrack to Love Actually for us. Who doesn't love that ensemble film? Well, you know what? I laughed, I cried, and then a couple of times I just got confused. <laughs> um, but that song, that Mariah Carey song, is the last Christmas standard ever to be written. That was the last time that someone said, okay, there's a Christmas song that's going to stay in rotation, and now everybody else can do it. I really wanted that Bob Dylan uh, uh, Christmas song he released a couple years ago. I don't even remember it. That's it's like the um, the weird like uh, yodeling one about Santa Claus. Well, did he write it? I believe that was that was one of his. Yeah. Well, if you only believe when you know for a fact, uh, it's Rock and Roll Hall of Fame time, 
And Eddie Trunk is, this is going to be his Christmas wish. Kiss has finally made it into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Uh... Which means no one will talk about Kiss anymore. Before, we used to have every year to say, how could Kiss not get in there? And I would be able to go, well, they don't put the Archies in there and make those guys all mad at me. But now you don't have that discussion. Give me the list, Chris, of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame for 2014. These are the names that will all be immortalized. Nirvana. Nirvana, first-timers. Yeah. Yeah, they belong there. Kiss, uh, Peter Gabriel. Now, Peter Gabriel already in for Genesis. Yeah, this is too I hard. hate when people get in twice. They take up another spot. You know, Paul McCartney's in as Paul McCartney, Wings, The Beatles. Graham Nash is in there several times. It just gets a little annoying. Paul Wings? Nunks. Wings is in? Yeah, Wings is in. Before Kiss? That's weird. <clears throat> that is weird. Well, they're in as Paul McCartney and Wings, I believe. I mean, if Paul McCartney was in a band you and I started, we'd, we'd be, be popular. <laughs> yeah, we'd be very... I don't know if we'd make a Hall of Fame, but we'd be real popular. We would sell some records. Only Servana gets in next year. I hope they get in. Uh, Hall Notes made it. Hall... Let me, you know, just check. And Oats? <laughs> yeah. Okay, good. I was so nervous. Because I was worried it was just going to be Hall. Yeah, That'll be later. He'll get in again on his own for his solo work. For his uh, webcast show. Cat Stevens. Cat Stevens, I guess early 70s. Yeah, I can see it. Isn't he an American traitor? Yeah, well, I mean, by being a Muslim, I guess that makes you a traitor. I thought he also did he like, do like a I Hate America thing. No, he did, a, you know, the Quran is peaceful. And then radio stations started to, as they put it, put the cat out. <laughs> and they would go out and burn fucking cat. So when I started in, in radio, that came up where the general manager said, and go, hey, there's this popular thing called put the cat out. If you guys want to do it, I go, number one, we don't play Cat Stevens. So why would we have the records to fucking burn? <laughs> and B, I don't want to be one of the guys who's like, let's burn art because we don't like something the artist said. Yeah. I don't want to be on the wrong side of that <laughs> argument. Or on, as I would call it, the Fez side. The guy wrote Wild World, which was able to be remade by Mr. Big, not 20 years later. That's all it took. <laughs> I thought he wrote Wild Thing for a while. Or I thought he did every take a walk on the wild side, just all the wild songs, but he didn't. And finally, Linda Ronstadt. Well, Linda Ronstadt belongs there, but they made her there more than ever because they found out she's very ill. Is she? Yeah, there's She's something sick. happened to her. One of the bad diseases that you get that I forget which one it is. Old lady shit. Well, just you know, I think I normally call it the shakes. That's not the <laughs> oh. official name. MS. Yeah, one of those. And she obviously belongs there because you know throughout the '70s she was the center of that laid-back canyon thing that you know. She has Parkinson's, not MS. It's a shaky. That's on me. The shaky one. You said the shakes. <laughs> well, the Parkinson's was it shakes then lockups because there's a lady in my building with Parkinson's and she's just locked into a wheelchair. It's what really do you mean locked. Like she's like she doesn't. She just has her head to the side and oh, it's I don't really like bad. That, man. It's really bad. Like the, like Awakenings, like the movie Awakenings. Yeah, the brain's she's frozen, fine, but the body is it slowly stops being able to be used. That's I bad. wish 
If something like that happens to me, would you promise to put a bullet in me? <laughs> you promise just to do it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm just so tired. You you gotta, I just don't want to put up with this shit anymore. Did you say you got to touch it? Because I think you got a touch of that Parkinson's going on. If I get an earache, just shoot me. I don't want to deal with anything. I don't want to suffer. Definitely, yeah. You get Parkinson's. Well, would you want to live with the Parkinson's for a no. while? Or Okay. Gotcha. Well, let me spend my money. You know what I mean? Let me, let me have a mad weekend. Sure. Okay. I'm just fucking acting like an asshole, and there's going to be hookers and coke. And then, you know, just as the American Express bill shows up, come in and put one in the back of my head. 72-hour window. I don't know why more people don't think that's uh, that's a better way to go. Just go big and then go yeah, out? Go big, go out. Yeah, it's, it's. There's always the thought that there'll be a stem cell cure. I don't care. I don't. I, they're not going to uh, cure old age, though. So after a certain, like, at what point will you feel like they? What What is the age that they can no longer say, "Oh, he he died young. He didn't get a chance." Seventy. So seventy for you. Yeah, I think that's 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 a full life seventy. I don't think like you know, that's a family of smokers right there. He comes yeah. from. <laughs> oh, no one in my family made it there. No one does. close. How old were your folks when they died? Fifth, like fifty-one, fifty, somewhere around. Fifty-one around there. and fifty. His parents went out. But doesn't the? I don't know. It's weird. You hear older people say that. You know, it's like do not resuscitate. You know, if I go, if I yeah. get that sick, I do just want to check out. But I think that f there's like a, a window of fear. When you hit an age where you realize you're not, you can't, you're, you're probably not going to double your age anymore. Do you know what I mean? You're not going to, oh, yeah. you're not going to get another full one of this anymore. Like I might, I'm 36. I just turned 36, so I might, maybe still have like double in. But like you know, as, as you start reaching like, as I think when you hit the but you you've even used up any of the ones that you really want yeah. to have. Oh, you know yeah. what I mean? They're Fresh gone, years. and I, I mean, wasted them. Your hard dick years are over. <laughs> 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 you're not going to spend a lot of time thinking, me and my dick got to go out and do something. <laughs> it's winding down. <laughs> or at least investing any time in making sure you and your dick have fun. <laughs> but why, do, you know, for everything else in life, you want to work towards something, you would think that the body would... That would be part of genetics. That would be part of the evolution. Like, if we want to stay alive, why do they give us diminishing returns on every year? And it's only weird, like, for some reason we can see it in a president. Where you can look at Obama and say, look at that fucking guy dying right in front of you. Yeah. Look at his body and his mind. Every time there's a second term, they release the side-by-side -side picture of Yeah, no matter who it is. Yeah. Because that's the high-pressure thing. Bush did it. Clinton did it. Where you're like, oh, my God, he looks like shit. But we don't do that with David Letterman. Like, we have enough <laughs> pictures of David Letterman over the years. Look at this job's done to him. Oh, my God. But is, that move to CBS <laughs> just killed the guy. But, lot, but he's been around for so many years where it's like, like Barack Obama, you see it in this like five years, six right. years. He's been in the limelight. You see, even when they do like you know like SNL, the characters like it used to be like all black hair, like dark hair, and now yeah. they put like gray, and, and, they, and they they make him look a little more aged. Oh, and, uh, and when they do the characters of him, even they make him a little more aged. It's, yeah, it's pretty crazy. Well, he's beat up. We beat the shit out of him.
Um, here's uh, Freak. You're on the Run of Fest show. Hey, uh, fucking Obama is starting to look like that um, that Ted Williams homeless guy in Cleveland. Um, the guy who just started singing or whatever? Yeah, the guy that was the radio announcer. But, uh, hey, real quick on the Hall of Fame. So McCartney's actually in three ways. He's got the Beatles, Wings, and he's just in his Paul McCartney solo. Now, d- isn't this exactly what I said? You did say that. And he's calling to correct me on something that I said exactly right. All right, I didn't fucking hear it right, Ronnie. Calm down. No, I, I'm not screaming at you. <laughs> I'm just saying this is what my life is like. This is what my fucking life is like. Okay? We got I got a guy who who's hoping for a mistake so he can call in <laughs> and correct me. And as I say, you said exactly what I said. He's now screaming, why are you yelling at me? <laughs> that was one of the greatest back and forths I've ever heard. You're unbearable, freak. You're an unbearable human being. Uh, Bob, Bayside, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, Ronnie B. Yeah. Um, I never heard of Big J before he was on your show, but uh, what do you think about him being a co-host January 6th? Now, here's the thing about Big J, and I, I love when he comes in. I demand that he even comes in more. But I know that he would hate a steady job. Not even sort of. There's not even, that's no, there's no truth to that whatsoever. Yeah. I would come in here every morning. I love the show. I did not know that. See, I thought, you know, Rhodes was saying the same thing to Oh, me. me and him had long talks about it, but he was just evilly trying to stir Fez's shit up. <laughs> yeah. And not even knowing, you know, he hasn't even seen Fez in years. Um, yeah, no, he, he did have no idea. Yeah. I was telling him as, as the next day, I'm like, yeah, it was actually, you came at like a weird, weird time. No, I would I would come in here every day. Uh, I would come in. You'd want to be on the Ron and Rhodes show. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's funny. It's such, it's such that conflicted thing. Well, when I heard it, I heard the other well, week when it was going bad in here. Yeah. And, um. And that there's that little thing at 60, I, I go, oh, like, maybe I'll get a call. And somebody go, you and would then, definitely be but, on the short list. But, but I smiled so big uh, when I heard uh, The Nature Boy. Fez started doing The Nature Boy, and yeah. I was like, ah, you know what? Uh, I'm, ne- I'm never rooting for anything uh, other than Fez to be great and feel great and be great on the show. So. Are you surprised he's in the other room today? Did that shock you, knowing that he was in a meeting yesterday? Did <laughs> they go, we're going to hear more Fez? <laughs> he's jumping in. He's jumping in, all right? I think he is. I think he is. I think it's happening. And, you know, him and him and Chris had a big falling out yesterday. Yeah. Um, well, Chris said that he hated him. <laughs> yeah, I did. <laughs> and then you said when, you felt bad without about thinking about it. Well, that's it. probably not going to help things yeah, out. No. <laughs> I, uh, uh, Christine said she uh, heard that, and then I, um, I, I didn't get a chance to hear it. I tried. Well, don't listen. I tried to get. Is I, it, mean, is I sat it, in here and I was sad. Yeah, but I got- said, Chris, you're going to do less work than ever before in your life. That's and I want odd. you to get out of here by four fifteen every day. I've always that adhered. Seem right to me. So I want to be fourth microphone. <laughs> yeah. On the Ron and Fez show. Well, the less work anyone could do, I don't know why they wouldn't want to do it. <laughs> let's, I far, to, let's farm this out four yeah, ways. <laughs> as little as you could possibly do. Like, the best singing job is probably in a choir. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> if you have a bad night, no one knows. Uh, Alright, Chris, so, by the way, the E Street Band got some award, but they're not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Barkus said it to me. It's like an award of excellence. Yeah, the award for musical excellence is what it these seems like almost getting. an insult to me. No, it's it's the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Only cares if you're in the hall or if you're out of the hall. What's this? Or maybe lifetime achievement? Not even. No, it's just you're in the hall and you're out of the hall. 
There's only so one Bruce or two is things. in the hall, but the E Street Band is not yeah, in the hall. Yeah, Shaft. Shaft Town is where they are. They're getting some random musical excellence award. You know what they really want. They want to be put in that goddamn hall. They don't want the, the fucking... No, I get it. I wouldn't want to be in the hall. Yeah. I'd want to be in any Hall of Fame. It's weird. Have you even heard of it? Have you know anyone else who's gotten this award? You ever no, heard I never heard that before. <laughs> but you ever see like when they give out things that aren't knighthoods? Like someone will get like... An awardship uh, or something? No, nothing that you even get a name with. Oh. It's just some medal, but you're not a knight. And I'm like, I don't think I'd want to do it. The knighthood is a permanent change to your name, like to to your person, yeah. you know? Like, like you, the kinks have gotten some kind of thing from the queen, but they're not knights. Doesn't, I mean, it's that's less than. Give me a knighthood. Well, yeah, I know it's less than, but it's also more than not getting anything, right? <laughs> Wouldn't it be great if the queen just one day called on all of her knights so everybody had to show up with swords and do some kind of a castle battle? <laughs> David Bowie and Paul McCartney have to suit up. Bowie's not poor, a knight. Poor hot wax on the on the, the village Jagger, folk. Mick Jagger is a knight, but uh, but I guess Keith is not. And I don't think anybody from the Who is. Townsend didn't get a knighthood? I don't think so. Is it because of the kitty stuff? Yeah, it's hard to be a knight once you've been busted for kitty porn. Yeah. <laughs> even, even if it doesn't stick, it's bad. Yeah, you can't jerk off the kitty porn through chain mail, so... You know, that's, this is the thing of, like, any kind of sexual stuff. Even if it comes up, you're stuck with it. You've seen in Italy that 60-year-old dude was had a relationship with an 11-year-old, but he got off because the 11-year-old said he was she was in love with him. So they're not like dropping all the charges. All right, let's say this again. So he's sixty and she's how old? Eleven. He was convicted of sexual violence against the child, but it was overturned because the eleven-year-old said to the court that she good. loved him. Yeah, good. <laughs> she loved it. Yeah. Just because it feels good doesn't mean it is good, honey. Oh. <laughs> Italy's out of its goddamn mind. No, Italy's always been out of their mind. I mean, they invented the vomitorium. They are a fucking crazy species of people. That is horrible. That's horrible. Yeah. My daughter's 11. I couldn't even. Isn't that? I mean, there's a thing. Like, there's no point. I can never see stopping in corn, but everyone, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Let's see what she thinks about all this. I, I was just recommending the dinosaur movie. Yeah. <laughs> what is a kid's loving dinosaurs and 60 year old dicks? <laughs> Get the kids love. She'll love it. <laughs> kids love two things: dinosaurs and she, old man dicks. She's laying there next to him, snuggling, and she's just like, you know, honey, maybe we'll take a nap and then we'll get to that dinosaur movie. They have the same, They have similar days though. They both go to bed by nine. He's smoking. I see that fucking dinosaur movie. I think it's PG thirteen anyway. What do you get in? Oh, that's good. <laughs> Parent, well, guardian, there. or boyfriend. What's that, Fez? Parent, guardian, or boyfriend. You can get in on a PG-13 <sighs> in Italy. That is so... That's so foul. She said she likes it. Yeah. So it's okay. But a lot of those kids think that's why they keep the secret, you know? I guess like, that or, or fear, like, I'm going to fucking kill your parents. Yeah, I don't think that happens as much as this is our little thing. Don't let anybody know. But, but yeah. we're... But we're hosing down the girl teachers who are banging the fifteen-year-old boys. 
Yeah, in this country. Taking them right to task. I don't think you'd ever get busted for that in, in Italy. <laughs> oh, I mean, no. Expected. Get, yeah. I think the top 10 percentile of the class gets to bang the teacher, right? Isn't that the... The only thing that you can really be arrested for in Italy is bad spaghetti. I mean, they will <laughs> fucking hold that against We're you. We're saying the pizza was actually created yeah. by the Chinese. <laughs> I find this amazing by the about the Italians. And I don't know any other people like this. But they don't drink to excess in that country. Like, they drink every day. But they're not known for their drunks. So what? It's just like a steady buzz of wine maybe all day long? I don't even know if enough to get wine. Like, even a lot of Italian guys I know, they're like, oh, no, just like my glass. No. I want but, you know, Russians are drunk all the time. Irish are drunk. Polish. English are drunk. But the Italians don't feel a huge need to be drunk. Does it get freezing there ever? In the northern part of it. It does. The northern part is just like Switzerland. Yeah. That's what I was wondering. Maybe it has something to do with it. Because everywhere you name gets like really cold, bleak times. I'm Russia. trying to think. What, what tropical people get the drunkest? Our Mexicans get pretty fucking drunk. Yeah. They're fucking wasted on TikTok. Jamaicans are much more smokers. Yeah. Yeah. Greek, the Greeks get pretty drunk off that uh, Sambuca. Uzo? I would say that, yeah. Uzo. I, I'm, it was I'd not be, Yeah. I would I'm, think Germans get pretty lit. Yeah, they're they're drunks. There's no doubt about it. Trying to forget about the Holocaust. Russians to are pro- <laughs> trying to drink away the Holocaust. The fucking last two world wars in a row. The fucking Germans feel like the Buffalo Bill, where they did everything great up until a certain point, and then they fucking lost second place it. a ton. Yeah. A friend of mine who's a fucking Buffalo Bills fan goes, "Like you know, we had the best winning percentage." Of any team in the 90s. And I'm like, yeah, except for the Super Bowl. And then it's zero. Zero. It's true. Well, that's, as an Eagles fan, that stings a little. Well, this is our year. And you know what? Well, it's not. But <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was going to sound too positive out of the yeah. gates. Where I was, that's not what I was going to try to say. But uh, it's a fun one. And the Cowboys, thank God, well, keep, they, it, they, keep they, it up right. alive. That, that was beautiful. That was better than us winning, in my opinion. It was. That was more exciting because uh, at halftime of the, I wasn't watching the Cowboys game. I watched the Eagles game, and then I was like, and I knew with the Packers, with no yeah. uh, Aaron Rodgers, there was going to be a walkthrough. And then twenty six three at halftime, I uh, I just bought a bottle of soda, like a twenty six bottle of soda, and spiked it on the ground and it broke <laughs> at an anger. I'm like, well, that's the season. Here we go. Football's over, and then uh, and then just watching it slow build. Like Tantoni Romo is just a loser, <laughs> and all the Carrie Underwood bangs or who else? Who is he with? The Jessica Jess Simpson, Simpson is not going to make it better. Oh, it's so fucking weird that you could be as successful for him, but he does get. He does get the loser. Thing. He's a constant failure. He's a because con- it's it really is December. As dumb as those facts, that fact sounds. It's That's unbelievable. His song. <laughs> um, Eric in Baltimore, you're on the Run of Fest show. Whoops, Eric. Are they actually having the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame event? Not even at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Well, they never do. Oh, they don't. Mm-mm. They never do. Oh. They only oh. do it every once in a while in Cleveland. It's a uh, uh, hour show, right? Yeah. yeah. I thought they were just doing because uh, Cleveland is Cleveland. I didn't know what they were doing. <laughs> no, they all decided they made a gigantic mistake putting it in Cleveland. <laughs> yeah, that's what I we're, we're never going to have another discussion about Kiss 
again. That's because weird. They let him in. It's an end of an era. I think it's yeah. I I kind of hate it. Uh, Matthew Perry. I don't know whether you see this up on the iBank. He and the Lester Hitchens brother are. Don't even worry about it. Don't even put it up. Um, Chris, I want you to do less. After your meltdown yesterday, I just. What time will you get out of here today? Just promise me four thirty. I, I it's gonna. How about five thirty, or six thirty? I, I I just think that's the worst. I wish you'd start thinking at the noon show, noon to three. Noon to three and shut the fucker down. That's what you got to do. That's the way you got to think about it. When I, I say that, because we used to do this, when I had this morning show, we were fighting with the station. We would be bad for a while, and then we would end the show. It's 10 o'clock. Everyone shut off your radios. <laughs> <laughs> They were so pissed at us. <laughs> the station blows. Shut off your radios now. <laughs> so, take fucking radio so serious when you're younger. Now I don't. I learned that from that meeting yesterday. Don't give a shit. I'm going to be like you, Chris, and not give a fuck. I do give a fuck. Why? <laughs> I have to. I love doing this. I love being in here with you guys. Yesterday was a meltdown, but that that's out, that's out of the system. Wait, you love doing this? Yes. Why are you so bad at it? What? Talk about that. I was wondering something to myself. Oh, then I didn't mean to say that to you. Don't say it out loud. I was just thinking it to myself. I love horse racing. I'm not good at it particularly. <laughs> Me too. Well, this thing came up. This is what this debate was uh, was about addiction and whether it's the disease. And this Lesser Hitchens brother, it's Christopher Hitchens' younger brother, he thinks the only way to end addiction is to make things illegal and really penalize people so you don't do it. And, uh, of course, the friend, Matthew Perry, wants love and understanding and 18-month-long fucking rehab. This kid, this, this dude, should just change. He's, he's sullying his... Passed away older brother. Well, he and his brother used to fight. You know, he was the Christian one. All right. So they used to have debates where they would fight over Christianity versus being an atheist. What, what the point is he talking about? Like, in America, people are put away for life. Like, what other, what other, what's the worst punishment than that? Like, we'll put you in prison for the rest of your life. Who do they put away for life? Uh, I th repeat offenders, they'll put away for... I did not know that. Drug dealers? Yeah, drug, drug dealers are doing life. But are drug dealers doing it because they're drug addicts or because they're making money? Like, I feel like the same guy that is a drug dealer would probably also just sell stolen car parts. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. He just wants I, to be in crime. Yeah, I think, yeah, he wants a job that people aren't following along with. I don't see a lot of addicts as successful drug dealers. Their girlfriends normally, you know, like an addict's boyfriend can be a successful drug dealer. Because a lot of them will have really one-time hot chicks yeah. who are now living with them. Covered in scabs. Yeah, normally used to be one of the guys that they dealt to. Uh, but I don't get... The weird thing is we can't understand each other's addictions. Like, you have somewhat of a gambling addiction, right? Oh, yeah. It's it's not, not like I'm not betting the farm, but I likes it. I lot. see. I don't identify with that because it's such a losing thing to be a part of, to be a gambler. You know, just looking at the sides of the size of casinos, that you're not going to win. Look, I I took the fucking Jets nine and a half plus nine and a half, blew like a seventeen parlay, off like two grand. 
I got I lost off of the fucking Jets. Now I gotta go next week because now I feel like I'm hot. So now you feel like you got that close. <laughs> you gotta do it. Now yeah, now that's a sign, right? See you I hit seven or eight well, other bets. Uh, gambling is addiction too, definitely, because I've heard people argue that it's not but it's it's got to be because it's it's one of the few things. I mean, all I guess I guess drugs too. You're told and shown the statistics are completely against you. Yeah, your yeah, logical you, 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 mind you, you, doesn't yeah. play in play into it. Uh, well, that's a really good thing. Like Fez has an OCD, and he's picking a scab on his fucking head. And we all we he was doing it the other day. You start to bleed. We, we all just want to stop it. You know what I mean? Like. Because, like, we don't, un- I don't have an OCD, so I can't. But I, what I hate about this fucking guy doing this, he's like, like, just have the willpower like I do. You know, like, if you yeah. don't share in that OCD, it seems crazy. Just like most addictions I can understand, till it gets to the gambling addiction, I'm like, dude, you're going to lose. You no, know? If not now, you could have. The only way to be, like, a great gambler is to win once and then quit the rest of your life and no gambler would ever do that no you win you uh, i like winnings just go back into like it's not even like taking that cash and enjoying it it's going back into it like scratch right, off which means that you'd have it won even when you <laughs> won it, 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 i don't know it depends what like i guess what like compels you what moves you though because with gambling i bet on a couple super bowls and lit, like a hundred bucks here right. 200 bucks there and um Beyond that, I, I remember going to. I used to do a show in Atlantic City. It was like it's really terrible, really late night show, mm-hmm. uh, right off the boardwalk. But it was, it was with Kevin Hart, and we used to go over to uh, the casinos afterwards for like an hour. We'd always mm-hmm. say he'd go play craps, and I, the only game I really understood was blackjack at all. And the first time I sat down at a blackjack table, I made a short. It was like five dollar bets, ten dollar bets. Yeah. It was a small, you know, short, small money table. But I think I turned like a hundred bucks into like three hundred and some dollars, and I walked away like this is great. And I went back like the next time I did the show, like a month later or so, and all that was available was twenty five dollar tables, and just lost. And the show only paid like a hundred some right. bucks, or <laughs> and I think I lost or th- no, actually the show paid good. It was like three hundred dollars at the time it was great money to me, and uh, and I lost a hundred and four hands, just f- just yeah. boom, 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 four twenty five dollar hands lost, and I walked away, and I've. I've played blackjack since, but I mean, like, I could say five times maybe since when I come across the casino, it's right there. I'll throw a couple dollars down on a roulette, but I, I have no, I'm not compelled to stay at all. And same thing with, uh, I've, I've done two lines of cocaine in my life. Both, one of them, I was drunk. It made me feel not drunk anymore. And the other time, I did one line. I was, uh, and I just walked away from where I was. I was like, ah, it's a waste of, it's, I don't want right. to, I don't want to get involved in it. But I've never, like, I've never been dying for it yet. Cigarettes. I went from like, oh, maybe I'll look at twenty-three years old. Oh, I'll look cool and smoke cigarettes to having over two pack a day issue for years. So it's like so some things you do. Uh, it's a matter of what compels you. Like I don't know why I'm able to walk away from gambling and coke. Yeah, you don't know. You yeah, don't... weed and cigarettes. It was like instantaneous as soon as I did it, doing it a lot. You you might think, well, just do it my way, but that's ridiculous because that's not just like I said. I don't. Und- I just saw Fez picking his scabs now. And because probably because I brought it up, but because I don't 
fucking understand that doesn't mean that I could ever be any help to him or knowing here's what you should do. Like I, I would be the last person that should give him advice. The person who gives him advice would probably be someone who beat an OCD. And I, do, I mean, because he does this weird thing of picking his scabs on his head, should he go to jail for it? No. Well, I mean, how is that any more or less harmful than if you're a heroin shooter or a, a fucking oxy head? Because this, yeah, the Hitchens guy simply has no, uh, well, I'm not even sure which one it is, the empathy or sympathy. I always get those two confused myself. I would say empathy. But is, is, isn't it the same thing when, uh, like, I don't understand, like, I'm, I'm uh, fat. So, someone who's just eats a ton and doesn't get fat, like they don't like live in like a happiness about that all day, or they're not even concerned about. It. Right. They just think that it is what it is. But my concern of everything is like, I have to take a picture. Do I look? Am I looking right. someone who's? Uh, to me, it's the same thing. I have like friends who are like losing their hair, who I see them like panicking and rubbing. Uh, Propecia or Rogaine yeah. or whatever into their hair and, and ointments and gels and just taking pills and trying to hang on this hair where it's like I don't that doesn't seem to be a problem I have so I don't even overthink my hair or anything <laughs> like that you know it's like it just is what it is and, 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 so it's weird but, now, do you think you but I'm aware weird? that I don't have that sympathy yeah. that, that I don't have that empathy I guess so I, I don't I don't condemn anyone for it you know what I mean so for him to say it's like well here's the answer even though I have no idea what this is like seems it, like a real cunt move it's <laughs> like everyone else's phobias seem ridiculous right I can't drive over a bridge, and I'm sure that seems crazy to somebody else. But, you know, then yeah. I've seen people that can't get on escalators, and I'm like, just step on the escalator. What's the big deal? Yeah. It's also interesting when you overcome. Like, when I was a kid, I was terrified of elevators and terrified of, like, inclement weather. Like, mm -hmm. bad. If I saw the sky was getting gray, I had this weird anxiety. Like, the, the world was going to end, and it, <laughs> we were all doomed. This was going to be the storm that was going to end it all. Made my... Uh, you know, it's funny. I say my father is not a very uh, caring, loving father yeah. to me growing up. Was kind of like removed from my life in many ways. But as a young boy, I did make. He got a new wife, and she had kids, and he took me with them. We went to Disney World and went to Disney World for a half hour, and it started to rain. And I had like a Rain Man style, like face <laughs> punching my own face meltdown like we have to go or something terrible is going to happen and we left and i'm like maybe that's why he left <laughs> maybe that's why he wasn't around when i was a kid and Look, popped back up when i'm an adult believe me i've been at disney world with kids before where i wish they'd have a phobia that i, I had to take so them out of leave, oh, yeah. i was always like i'll take them back to the hotel i'll just take them back to the pool for a while I'm fucking glad to get out of that park. Not gonna wait for three hours to see puppets. <laughs> yeah, I was always all oh, the kids being bad in church. I'll take them outside. <laughs> got this. Yeah, you you stay here for the wedding. <laughs> um, I'm gonna go yell at him. Here's uh, whoops. Let's go over here. Here's Jeff. Jeff, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, buddies. Yeah. yeah. When it comes to drug use and maybe more of the casual drug users, I wonder if. Like, uh, for me, I would, I, I'm very hesitant, not that I would want to get addicted, but to do even casual drugs like weed or even some cocaine there. If they watch some of those cartel videos down in Mexico, it, it just creeps me the hell out. Like, that's what you're contributing to. Uh, what about this? And what about when you buy an iPad, when you buy clothes? You, there's children working on that stuff. When you put your fucking sneakers on, do you ever sit down, you put on a shirt, and go like, I wonder how many little fingers went through that. You don't <laughs> give a fuck. 
You do oh, not give a fuck. To remove from it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But it's one of those, uh, yeah, but you got to, dr- uh, now you are right, Ronnie, but when it comes to drugs where you're actively uh, pursuing that lifestyle, like you don't need drugs. So then thereby getting drugs and contributing to the massive well, How property. many things do you ever need? Even the food that you eat, most of it you don't need. You can sustain your life on a certain amount of calories. It's an IV. You can just plug an IV into your arm. So that's not the reason why we make decisions. (laughs) And certainly, I've never met a a drug addict say, I wonder if I'm being rough on the cartel people of Mexico. Because I would take it a different way. If that drug was legal, we wouldn't have any cartels in Mexico. Oh, I, I disagree with that. Be, I think uh, I think if you legalize the drugs, the cartel would just find a new area of business and come up here and extort whatever legal shop owners. The cartel is. So you're saying the drug has money. nothing to do with? What we don't have any cartels uh, going after the alcohol business, and that's a much bigger drug. That is a drug, by the way, alcohol is a drug it's not separate from a drug that when you know big j goes out at night he's performing at a place where they have legal drugs you know when you go to the mall and you're saying can you that's a legal drug that wine that comes along it's no different it's a drug too that like people like are able to use as an excuse for like horrific behavior yeah like they're really able to scapegoat people go like well i was hammered and you're like well, why does that make it our <laughs> oh it cleans the slate what are you talking about even like when you're younger you're like your your parents would say your uncle was drunk so <laughs> those things that he said just let that drive by i worry about the and i'm not even sure exactly why i don't have a great answer for other than Maybe because I'm like a dad in some way. Like I, I, I hear both sides of the argument of legalizing drugs. I get it. Like I fully get why that makes sense. But I do, in my own life, I'm sure if I wanted heroin bad enough, I could find it pretty easily. I guess. That said, I don't even know what the first steps would be. I don't know how awkward it would be to ask. So I'm, I wonder if it's illegal if people are compelled to maybe try things more, do you know what I mean? Like it's because it, it's very I, I, again, I'm very path of least resistance too. So it's like accessible. If I if I was like, well, heroin is right at that store. I have a feeling where I'd be like, well, maybe I'll try at least see what the hubbub's well, I mean, all about. What if I love it? Like to me, I've just never got my hands on it. Well, now I'm thirty something. So who cares? Is like, like you would hurt your neck, end up with oxycotton, sure. and because your lack of experience, you would have no idea of what you're doing. I know a lot of people are just like, I'm taking my medicine. I'm like, for seven years, that isn't fucking medicine anymore. You're a fucking drug addict. You fucked yourself up. It's because they have no understanding of what they're doing to themselves. My, my step-pop used to, like, I think very and funny, like, make, like, ingest these comments. That I think it was a genuine concern, but I think my mom had, like, a migraine issue. For, like, genuine. She ended up getting, a, like, surgery to help it at one point, but she had a... But a Percocet. I, I didn't. But I was, I was young enough that I didn't even know that's like, that's like a, a drug that people will use like casually. And she wasn't using it like in a party atmosphere at all. But she took it like daily. Yeah. And that's like a thing, you know. Yeah, it's definitely like a. Uh, 
like I didn't realize what an issue it was until it was over. You know what I mean? Like I, I mean, again, I say it's an issue. She wasn't like you know blowing guys for it. Okay, so, I'm just saying like uh, I, I, just, I just met an issue that it was like I didn't even think twice about. It. Like my mom was, I thought she was taking aspirin. Was she? Did she, she seem high? No, not to me. At least, but, but you know, maybe she would fall asleep early or something. Sure. I don't know. Like, but she was not. But I also didn't grow up. My uh, mom, stepfather, and father. Well, none of them were drinkers at all. Like I didn't grow up with any kind of alcoholism or or. or Outward drug use in the family. My dad smoked pot, which I think, in a weird way, made me not. Till I was like twenty something. You were a rebel. You were not going to follow him. I'm not going to follow that geezer and his stupid old <laughs> pot smoking ways. Here's no, my Joey. dad. Okay, sorry. Good, Joey. Hey, Ronnie B. Buck three eighty, my man. Hey, bud. Um, I, uh, I I've always kind of wondered, uh, and you mentioned the, the the scab and things like that. What is the difference between a, an OCD and and, a, and an addiction? Uh, you know. I, Gambling, for instance, I can walk into a casino and, and nothing bothers me, nothing really. You know, I don't have to stay there, no big deal. But when it comes to something like fantasy football, which is gambling, I guess you could say, I, it's totally changed the way I watch football. I'm, I'm hanging on every five-yard completion like it's do or die. I'm pulling for teams that I don't even like. Uh, I, it's totally I, we, we didn't start our fantasy league this year, nope. and I watch far less football <laughs> and follow less personal guys. You know, you actually know teams less when you're not following fantasy football. But fantasy football is like the new Texas Hold'em, where everyone's playing it, and now mm. that there's websites popping up, we're saying you can make big cash while playing fantasy football. It's really odd. The entire industry's popped up around it. Does that change? I mean, is that is that compulsive behavior to act like that if about football, or is that part of the gambling? You think in the dish? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, there's plenty of things that that we're all competitive without it being a gambling addiction. There's plenty of people who wouldn't gamble, but if you play board games with them, they're fucking nuts. <laughs> you know, they're fucking screaming nuts just because they're competitive people. Uh, and it sounds like you're probably a little bit on the competitive side. You don't want to look like a Chris Stanley idiot. What? They can't get into the playoffs. <laughs> I oh, gave yeah. you a great fucking undefeated team yeah. last year, and you didn't even, you went one game into the playoffs. I know. I should have picked up Russell Wilson instead of Kaepernick. I fucked up. I believed in Kaepernick. Well, you'd never be able to get that back again. No, it's, that's How's an How's Kaepernick boy doing this year? Oh, what a train wreck. Russell Wilson's the only <laughs> one of them. Fucking Andrew Luck's... They're winning games, but they look terrible. Uh, Kaepernick doesn't isn't throwing for shit or running for much. And RG three set. I mean, bum leg. It wasn't it wasn't the same player all year long. Should have grabbed Nikki Falls. <sighs> yeah, really. <laughs> Who knew? Thirty touchdowns a month. <laughs> um. Well, Mike Zito has a Christmas song. Oh. I want people to download it. Right, we'll play that later today. Uh, Hicks, are you liking the we don't care as much thing? It's weird. It's something new. Fez, are you liking it better? Um, No, no I want to care just as much. Which was very little? No, I want to care a lot. <laughs> You're not even in this room. <laughs> <laughs> We're very short-handed, and I have a sore throat, and I'm like, I will get everyone sick. This works out better. I just get veto sick. Do you realize, though, yesterday we sat there with a VP who were like, you've got to talk more, and you're like, absolutely, and then you didn't today. No, I, I realize that. 
and it's not a good thing. I don't feel good about it. So, no, I don't feel good about the new way. I feel good about the new way. I feel good about not caring anymore. I'm feeling fucking great about it. I'm going to be out of here at 301 today. It's a team commitment to not give a shit anymore? Yeah, I, I just, well, Chris is burnt out and Fez is whatever, mental problems. This is the last time I'm ever going to see Paulo while he's alive. He's going to be gone. And I'm just like, why are we, and then I met with the bosses yesterday and they were quite frankly obnoxious. They were fucking, we've got an HR department who should be ashamed of themselves. It's... Uh, I've seen two kids that they quit, borderline ruined these people's lives. And they do it with joy, and they do it with any lack of empathy, to go back to use your thing. Um, and I'm like, I'm not going to care about this stuff anymore. When I see that the bosses don't really fucking care, I'm not going to care. I'm just going to come in and do my thing. The, H, uh, the weird thing about the HR department is they they they, they like in their in their heart they know they're right, which is just how do you how do you? I am telling you, and I would make the case to them that they are bad fucking people, and I mean bad people worse than a drug dealer, bad, just a and and totally bad for the industry of radio, totally bad for that, and bad for this company in particular, and then our people that aren't allowed to talk to them, the, the the fact that we have bosses here who can't overrun or override the HR decisions is an embarrassment. Can I have the cliff notes at all on what like what the beef is? Uh, anytime that somebody tries to get a job here, if they mess up on this thing at all, it either slows down or nullifies their chance to get here. So if you write something on that paper that you say you were born here, but maybe you were born there, even though it was a mistake, it's now being seen as fraud. And it keeps happening over and over and over when we try to bring people in. And these are young guys that are in their 20s that quite are looking to start a career and you could be ruining that kid's life or setting it back a decade or more easily and I don't even have a boss in this place that gives a shit like Fez did anyone get in touch with you about it today no one unbelievable no one person came to me I went looking unbelievable that they could sit there and go how are you starting what do you have this done for the new show knowing that this fucking Play this team is understaffed, and the person that we wanted to add has this problem, and for them not to care. Unbelievable to me. So I don't care if I, you know, I'm not going to care either. They do not care. I'm not going to get all wrapped up in it. There's a, they're looking for reasons to scrutinize. I just think that. You know, the HR has gotten so out of control, and what they want is safe, safety, 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 that they forget the type of people that it takes that used to, that did this business forever. Uh, you know, Keith Richards is not a fucking safe person. <laughs> we play his records. Wolfman Jack was not a fucking safe person. He was on the air. You <laughs> it's, know? A, it's, it's interesting. When I do, uh, when I've gone out of those, like those heavy metal tours, and, you know, the guys, I end up on the bus with the crew guys, usually, the production people. So it's like you see these, like, very sketchy characters, but they, they do the job. Like, right. they build a stage. They get the sound. is perfect. But it's these weird, like, 
just derelict fifty-year-olds, like very, yeah, right. very questionable people. That like the one guy that told me his long history of drinking cough syrup. <laughs> he still thinks he screwed up from it, but he knows how to set up those yeah, light rigs. Be, like you know, it's like yeah. a, and he's committed <coughs> and yeah. into that. And then when the bosses try to act like they are one of the guys, like, hey man, I'm with you. It's all this first, and you just see how quickly they fucking fold. Like, uh, and I brought up eight of them. Eight of them were sitting there, you know, like, and I go, this kid apparently made some kind of clerical mistake. Now they think it's fraud. They all went, uh, you can't do anything about that. You're really, uh, screwed. So what do you plan on doing with the new show? I'm telling you, I needed this fucking kid. And no, the bosses aren't like us. They're not like the guys on the air. They fucking prove it, you know, time and time again. Um, you know, and then they get pissed when, uh, when guys, you know, O&A will get mad at them for it, but that's because O&A still have some belief or passion about what is right or what is good. You can't hurt the bosses with that. They don't care. They already know that anything that you could have sold out with, they've already done that with their life. You know, they've already surrendered it. I'm so glad. I'm glad Fez is fucking taking a day off today after promising him, yes, you will hear me more. That fucking makes me feel like you're employee of the day today, Fez. You lied to their faces. I love it. Now, is that the, it's the serious XM people? Yeah. Or the channels people? No. It's the serious. Uh, the, the fact is, everybody that you bring in now has to go through this HR vetting process and they're looking to have the same kind of people that you would in any middle management corporation and i'm saying you need crazy creative people to come in here you need the kind of people uh, there's no way they would have let me in when i started doing fucking radio my background wasn't in education my background was in fucking hanging out so it's on background checks and stuff like that yeah, like background and, and 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 in the case of these two things there, it was basically coming down to a, a mistake in filling this out, which they take it as less of a mistake and more as fraud. It's fucking insane to you, have this conversation. You, you think it's like a uh, just like a chest puffing thing? I, I, I had no. a thing. I had a thing recently trying to go over to the border. I, I ended up getting through, but um, at the border of Canada, like they asked me what I was going there for and. I don't like to just like give as much information as possible right away. So you're just kind of like, I'm going to a comedy festival. And when this lady brought me to the, uh, she, goes, she goes, I looked up online. He goes, you're performing at this comedy festival. I go, yeah, well, it was a guest. I said, I'm going to do this comedy festival. And she goes, uh, well, you didn't say you were performing. And I go, I did tell a guy outside I was performing at it. I just, the way I worded it to you was I'm going to this comedy right. festival. She goes, uh. I'm going to put that. She ended up goes, I'm going to let you through this time. She goes, I'm putting on your, after yelling at me, she goes, I'm going to put a mark on your thing that you're, she goes, you're going to have a problem every time you come over the border. They're going to make you come in and we're going to stop you and run you through this ringer because you were dishonest about why you were coming in. It's like, okay, it's like you make it sound like you just found like a brick of heroin in my car. It's like, I'm going to a comedy. <laughs> like, how can you be that angry about it? So it's like, uh, right. it was just her puffing her chest out. So I wonder if it's like a little bit of that, just the guys being like, we're running you through the ringer because we can run you through the ringer. No, I, I don't even know these people. Chris doesn't know them. It's just that their job is to kind of be the people who sign off for the company. And I think that they want people who look like themselves 
and have the background of themselves and not fucking creative people. Uh, I can't... Fez, have you called Wiki while we're sitting here? Uh, no, I haven't. I was waiting to hear back, but I haven't heard anything. Why, why don't you do it? No. Uh, okay. I don't want to fucking interrupt you because I know you're in a whole scene over there. But it's really... Uh, the weirdest thing, is it goes to show that we don't hire. And when I say we, I even mean the people that are my bosses. We are not in charge of who comes in here. Some fucking drone-like, faceless HR department is. It's a mystery department. It's... And now one of those fucking guys is in the social media. So somehow you can go from being the anal HR person to the hip social media guy, <laughs> which goes to show you how crazy that is. So your staffing on the new show is going to be uh, assigned to you? No, but you would only get to anybody that you'd say, this person is good, then has to be vetted by the HR sure. department. Um, and when they do come back and say, here's a recommendation, it's not a creative person. It's a good person who may one day be a, a, a paper pusher. Yesterday was so depressing. So de fucking depressing. Soul-crushing, real. I mean, just for this... This has happened a, f a couple times. Yeah. And it's just... The last time was... It's the same exact feeling, but now that it's, it happened again... Eh. It's just depressing. And the fact that we don't have one boss who's like, this is unbelievable, let me get in. They're just like, hey, these things happen. <laughs> okay, how can, can we fix them? I'm gonna get a flood of info as soon as we hit a break. <laughs> you, I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, you've got all the info now that yeah, there is. Yeah, yeah. There's nothing really there. There's no fucking there there. You're in a battle with the heads. No, I mean there is no battle with it. It just stops. It's like you when you're a kid getting upset about the rain. It just is a natural occurrence now. Wow. I called and got the voicemail. By the way, Fez, you might want to set your voicemail up for your <laughs> fucking cell phone. I thought I did it. Every time I call it, it says this person does not have voicemail. Um. <laughs> I'll get it done after the show. I'm only kidding. I don't care whether you do or not. I'm just pointing out the new non-care non guys is us. You haven't plugged it once before. Last week we plugged the hell out of it. I'm fucking happy with that. I can live with it. I say just do enough. They can't ask you for stuff and then not fucking support you. You know? They can't. They, they showed to me their character yesterday. You know, there was dudes that I didn't think were regular suits, but they are. They're just regular fucking suits. Oh, yeah, people that you thought were on the team? Yeah, the... people that I thought were radio guys are corporate guys, you know? Is that my thing, like the dollars talk? Like they don't want to, they want to secure a position? Yeah. So it doesn't make sense to ruffle feathers for yeah. them? It's true of any government job, too. Yeah. It's all the same. Uh, it's what keeps us from being a great country. Well, you know, you're going to be up. You're going to make Boston laugh <laughs> on New Year's Eve. you got to be excited about Boston. that. And I think you show. made a new good friend today, John Leguizamo. I think 
Yeah. You know what I mean? I think you made a new pal. We're going to try to do a one-man show once it didn't go great. You you know what? You should do a two-man show. (laughs) (laughs) And you'd be like, I was bugging, too. (laughs) House of bugging. (laughs) I was house of bugging. Did you try to do a one-man show? Yeah, it was awful. Mm. It's about when I used to drive strippers and escorts to... That would have been perfect. Bachelor parties. Yeah. It was... uh, it was fine when I, and just starting out in comedy. I don't know. It just seems very like uh, I, I hate. Uh, this is what we talked about earlier. I, I don't like putting that stuff together. I do believe comes from much more of an organized, learned comedy mind versus like a dude who's just really like stand in a circle and just make you laugh. You know, like I, I think that's it comes from a different place. One man show. One man show takes. Lots of prep and practice, and and uh, that's not what I don't think that's where funny is drawn from for me personally. Um, our pictures, uh, our Christmas stuff is already coming in. We're giving away signed. Uh, but by the way, this got sent in to me. That prize that you gave off, that you didn't even care about, you just gave it off at the last minute. Yeah. Someone tried to buy that. It was a signed Stephen King book. And it was between one and three thousand dollars. Oh, and God. Chris just throws it off. He's like, "Yeah, the winner is," and he just reads up. Hate is gonna hate, and everyone was so mad at him. <laughs> but that was like you just threw like three thousand dollars after the first guy you saw. It was because uh, you don't know what these signed things are worth. Uh, Stephen King autograph. Yeah, the stand. And then if he if he dies tomorrow, it'll probably be worth a lot more. Oh, it will, it's a mint. That prize closet, we should be putting a lock on that fucking office door. It just builds up, and you guys aren't even giving it. That's why I don't want you guys to work on anything anymore, because the stuff that you're even working on is so crazy and nuts and <laughs> doesn't make any sense. Uh, blah, blah, blah. You get the Michael Jordan son <laughs> North Carolina shorts. Yeah. <laughs> the holiday photo contest, that prize is signed by an Academy Award winner, Bad Santa, signed by Billy Bob Thornton. Um... Doug, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, uh, how you guys doing today? Yeah. Hey, listen, uh, you know, I wanted to make a comment about your HR department. And, and, you know, what seems to me is kind of happening here is that our whole society is just fostering mediocrity. You don't get, you, you, you don't get awarded for being exceptional anymore, uh, whether you're a, a, a you know, an a, Little league athlete team, you know, athletic team. Uh, everybody gets a trophy for participating. You know, how do we weed people out anymore? How do you make people more exceptional if you're fostering this mediocrity that everybody's got to be the same? I don't know, man. I don't know. I think the thing that bummed me out yesterday is that I saw that the bosses were mediocre. That's the thing that really fucking let me down. Oh, shit, can I get a job here with my history of child abuse? Mm-hmm. You I should, should be. I'm okay to... with that? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I don't think that's going to be a problem. That won't come Perfect. Back yeah. Check. You could probably sue them for bringing it up to you. <laughs> you better fill that goddamn form out perfectly. Bring How my daughter you? and show it to them. Like, <laughs> you better say you love me in that room. Or I will beat you right in front of all these people. I can't even believe you still joke about it. <laughs> what am I, I going to do, so man? What nerve-wrack. could I possibly do? You know what? Because... If you saw any interaction between me and my daughter, it's it's so ridiculous that it came to that. Like, and when they were asking the questions to her, even about it, like her reaction would be like, "Why? Like, no, like you're interrupting us playing Lego Batman on Xbox. <laughs> like, this is what this is doing." 
So that the reason I could joke about it is because it's not like it's so far fetched. I know, but you know, once these guys get to sink their teeth in you, the truth doesn't matter. No, I know, but but I, but the repercussions of that are where they are. Like I, I'm on some weird list. <laughs> That's it. I just think that you're going to end up like Brody in Homeland. I just oh, worry. No. no. <laughs> That that's going to be the end. The list. <laughs> All right. We're, what was that, Fez? I didn't say anything. Well, that time I thought you did say something. I had a bunch. I went back and checked emails, and people are like, "This is so funny that you guys keep ignoring Fez." <laughs> oh, no. And we really weren't. We really never heard him. He wasn't coming through our headphones. Uh, but how does he get out on the air and not in this room? I'm I mean, telling you, it's the tap button, the magic tap button. It's been on the entire time. I I'm telling it. you now, this guy doesn't ride the fucking board at all. He barely touches it. He sits in front of the board, but he never once has adjusted mics. Nothing. I know he didn't touch the board. You think those HR cocksuckers came in here right. and snipped the wire? <laughs> I think you're taking it too far. I'm sorry. I just blindly <laughs> jump on the team. Do we hate him? They, Ron, what do we do? We got to hate him. I'll hate him with you. I don't think that... Look, it's... They are not going to reward anything anymore other than safety. That's all. It's going to be a matter of safety. And I, I'm way more sad about the state of that than I am even angry. I just think that it's a fucking sad way to see people do business. It's it's just there. I mean, it feels like everyone's just interested in covering. You know? I I started this business where the job of HR and the legal department was to assist you to do the things that you want to do. So when we'd say, "Hey, we want to take, uh, you know, we want to drive naked girls to this thing and have a beach party," they would go, "All right, we're going over this, and you can't do that." But if you have some kind of shaded glass, you know, you guys, the people that sign it, you guys will be able to be in that room. And only the people that sign like they would Help try you to get find over. A, way, a way to make it work. But now it's like those people have replaced the the creative people and they're just going, no, this is something that can't happen. Uh, you know, like, man. It's weird to say anything in, in defense of that, though, but it's just like, it's such a litigious, like, world now that everybody wants to, like, the, the, you know, the same thing, like, people write letters because, you know, my, well, yeah, but ki my kid's traumatized because Janet Jackson's nipple ring yeah. was out on TV. And, and and it's bullshit, and it's a lie, just like the fact that you got in trouble, and yeah. you, you see it as totally bullshit, but they're worried about things like that happening. The argument's you shouldn't fold to it, though. So well, yes. Once you fold to it, you're making them seem like it's right, that it's like it's the biggest deal in the world that that accident on TV just happened or whatever. But here's the problem, and I forget who said it, might have been Vonnegut, but it's the worst censorship that there is, is self-censorship. So here's two people we tried to hire that didn't fit into their mode. And you think, and you know, remember, after we didn't get the one guy, we went from Vito, we went to Zito, who really wasn't a good hire uh, for us. And we went to Pips because he was a nice, safe kid. Yeah. But that's what we're going to do. We're going to like, the next time I find an Eastside Dave, I'll be like, I really am not going to be able to bring him in because that guy is way too zany. So I got to find somebody who isn't all that entertaining 
but they'll approve of him because he won't cause any trouble. So their ass will be covered. They, you know, they won't have but to. But now I'm I'm doing their job for them. Yeah. Instead of doing the point of can you guys make this fucking work, I'm now going to be censoring myself and turning into them. You know. What's interesting about that self-censorship, too, is usually that comes along with the personality that likes to put out. I've been, I've been actually, it's almost become part of my set, but there's one where I kind of like almost like chastise the audience. Whenever I say any joke where I hear them go like, I hear just a few people go like, oh, like that reaction is so like that disapproval, that, that self-censoring. Like, I don't, I shouldn't be hearing that. Right. When you do the ex exclamation of like, oh, it's so putting it out there it's like to let everybody else know, it's like, oh, I do not approve it. Right. If you're laughing, you're an asshole because that's not a good thing to hear. It's such like a, there's so much more to it than just the initial sure. like, uh, like, oh. And like, uh, same, same thing with the self-censorship is the worst kind. Yeah, because like you, you go, I'm not supposed to, you know, it's like these are words my mom said I shouldn't laugh at, so I'm not going to laugh right. at it now. And then you, and why, you're an animal if you're laughing at this rather than just. Kind of it, letting... It's that attempt to be a good German, to go, I wonder <laughs> what the Fuhrer would think. Right. And, like, the Heil Hitler stuff was nuts, because you're talking about somebody who's not even here. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it's, like it's one thing if you said, yay, Hitler, when you saw him. <laughs> but can you imagine if every time me and Chris saw each other, Rolling Stones are great. Rolling Stones are great. Rolling Stones are great. Rolling Stones are great. That would be like, you guys aren't fans anymore. Like the, robots. I like that Hicks still gave a, a Hail Hitler yeah. sign. Oh, that would be and Rolling right? <laughs> Stones, I mean, Rolling Stones are great. Like, yeah, but you were kind of digging that. Yeah, like, feels nice. Like, it feels right. Can we start this up for real? Let me bring it back. Come on, we break here. Chris, what do you want to talk about when we get back? Where are you going? Take it off yet? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, but you don't even need to be in here while the show's on. You're not involved, Paul. Oh, you know, first of all, I was just going to say one thing. No, I mean, no, I'm going to break. There's nothing to say. Why don't you tell the urinal that when you're down there? <laughs> He's so crazy. Yeah. He I, used to be crazy on the air, now he's crazy off the air. <laughs> Mega Millions about to a billion. Are you in? First time a billion? Yeah. Yeah, I think I am in. Might, might I would as well, love right? to win the billion. Might as well. I Imagine feel, how pissed I'll be if I have to split it with someone. Yeah, I'm wow. always disappointed. when, Like if a group of people, like a work pool wins, fuck that. If you won the Mega Millions, what percentage of it would you give me? After tax, you'll get you get a quarter, twenty five percent. So I'll get two hundred fifty million dollars. Yeah. Wow. Twenty five percent of my winnings. Yeah. That's great. That's what are you gonna do with the other seventy five percent? Fucking burn it. <laughs> Just fucking burn it. How much I'm gone. gonna give the check? How much you say, Dave? I bet, <laughs> like the producers, I could have them give it out one hundred eighty percent of that. I love using hypothetics for job security. <laughs> hey, man, if I ever get a million dollars, most of that's for you. <laughs> but believe me, I have got the thing of him doing it on the air. Yeah. So that's why I always ask. If he has anything going down, I just ask. Um, we'll break right back. Ron and Fez show. Ron and Fez. You got some old Sirius XM satellite radios laying around? Guess what? Those get turned into cash at TSS Radio. They got their buyback program going on right now. So clean out your closet, make some money, call their reps, and trade in your old satellite radio or accessory and make some cash 
while getting your new stuff, while getting ready for 2014. The Sirius XM experts at TSS are based in the U.S. They get you what you need fast. TSSradio.com, that's the website where you can order get your order shipped the same day, and there's still time to get your order in in time for Christmas. Hear that? If you're giving the gift of Sirius XM satellite radio for Christmas, there's still time. Jump on it, but go to TSSradio.com, or you can call them at 312-846-6606. And turn in your old satellite radios, turn that into cash, and get that antenna, power cord, new radio, whatever you need now, upgrade with TSS Radio. That number is 312-846-6606. What is it? Yeah, it's 312-846-6606. It's Christmas time There's no need to be afraid At Christmas time We let in light And we banish it And in our world Of plenty Pray for the other one at Christmas. 
Chris Stanley, you're crying from this song? It's really emotional. Because I don't know if they do know it's Christmas. They're not stupid. They're just African. What if they don't... But, you know, they don't have the Christmas thing. They All they have is famine and death. Mm. And Santa. Yeah, they have other stuff. I don't know. They don't have Santa. Not much. They got diamond mines, but they get their hands cut off for that. I think that they didn't have diamond mines. I think you're being a little bit acting like that whole, you know. That's like saying you guys in New York City got oil wells. What are you bitching? Look, the, even, even look, even most. I think the only good South Africaner is that is the actress. Charlize Theron. Thank you, Jay. Because even the the the, the dude that couldn't do um, sign language, yeah. they found out he fucking burned two people alive. Is already done. Um, yeah, the word is ASAP. What does as soon as possible mean? Uh, start immediately. So it is... That's done, then. I Yeah, that's what, what I just got told. <laughs> He's not... He does... He was so little once to... He, I told him before he went in to talk to you. You checked that thing. Is it done? Is that real? He said yes. When he wouldn't know. You found out before him. Fez does not want the responsibility of it. I wonder if that was because of my rant or in spite of my rant. And it wasn't <laughs> even more of a rant. It was more like a, just a broken... <laughs> it's quarter to three. Yeah. <laughs> this is the last time um, I might ever see you. Fez is never going to be friends with you again right after this. No, I think we have a great friendship, but I don't like to intrude and push him the way I want to. You stayed here for eight days. You don't like to intrude? I don't like to intrude. And first of all, it was four nights. <laughs> it was four nights. It was eight days and four nights. <coughs> That's what I agreed to. Eight days and four nights. No, you didn't. <laughs> what the hell is going He's on? He's never going to have you back, uh, Paulo. Former <laughs> movie critic, former life coach. I'll probably never see you again. It's, you know, he says something to the effect that he might have to be back, but I might not be available. I might be dead. It's too late then. It will probably be too late unless I can communicate from beyond. What is it that you wanted to add to this today? Well, the thing that I'm saying is, is that do you think, like, for instance, over the years, I did I cause a lot of problems? Yes, you did. Yeah. I mean, because <laughs> I brought up one particular incident with uh, a bunch of hookers and some dildos, which then... Seem to signal a big right, change. Let me just say to people on the air, uh, you would think a bunch of hookers and some dildos sound like a wild time. They fucked Polo in the ass for fucking <laughs> oh my God. Uh, an hour and a half of radio time. Um, oh. <laughs> it was not as exciting as he's making it sound. Oh, that sounds I mean, awful. I mean, it sounds pretty exciting the way you're saying it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. They, they uh, for an hour and a half. I was stunt geek, just circus geek. But the worst thing you ever did to us, you almost got us kicked out of the building that we we're in because you used the bathroom and wiped your ass all up and down the but hall. But again, understand, I'm not a drinker. I would come in every Friday, get totally blasted as a professional, you know, coming in as not yeah. as a drinker, not as an alcoholic or anything. I came in to drink for the air. So whatever happens, that's part of the job. 
I don't know what you're talking yeah, about. I mean, I'm you saying that, that, that those are... You've never have. You've never made a, a dollar over I'm the saying years if I'm saying if I'm drinking <laughs> two liters of alcohol in the space of an hour, yeah. there's, things are going to happen. All right, Polo is, uh, is a failed movie director, <laughs> failed movie critic, a successful wife killer. I give you all the credit in the world. You got away with that. But... Uh, and unsuccessful life coach for Fez. Yeah. Fez, you invited Fez to your place. Fez, this would be a Christmas miracle for everything we're trying to do, is if you spent at least one night at, at his place. I don't believe in Christmas miracles. For, seriously, for us today. For us. For the team. For the Come team. On. For the team is feeling this destiny. To show that you care. Three nights. Come on. Three nights, seven days. Go over that every day. That makes no sense. You have to go over every day, but it, only three nights you sleep. There. It's a mansion. Let's just do that. So, I do one night, and Polo does not visit me anytime during 2014. No, that's you, you can't that's say crazy. things like that. <laughs> the thing you're supposed to be giving something to the team, and now you're trying to take. Just do do we got it? I will spend one night in the haunted mansion. That's 24 hours. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I have a big, luxurious bed. And then I get the inheritance, right? No, but also I want him to be able to come over to your place on Christmas Eve. Because I don't want him alone. I want him with your family at your brother's house. <laughs> I think Paulo and Fesh both have to wear like the bed gowns, like the screw Ebenezer Scrooge gowns. Oh, and, the, and the sleep yeah, hats yeah, with a... I, that could be your Christmas With lanterns. Pictures. Yeah. I do remember. We better incident. win the bad Santa then. Signed <laughs> by is, Billy Bob. This is going to be the best Fez Flintstone episode. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Fez, watch the eyes in the painting. I think they're moving back and forth. I do remember a time Fez got really angry at me because I ate 10 pounds of ravioli and two gallons of milk, and I think I covered the bathroom with vomit, but. That no. was. We're talking you know, about again, something totally different. <laughs> no one remembers you or your hideous shit. No one cares. Okay, but that was. I thought it was a big thing. I didn't quite make the ten pounds of ravioli and the two gallons of milk. Everybody used to bitch Here's about. Here's one the of the things that we did back in the shop shop days. <laughs> so we decided we were going to brand Paulo, right? Yeah. So he was going to get it on the ass. Branding on the ass, but the way that he was leaned over, his sack was exposed. Oh, and I was thinking at the time, This is how whack. Hey, how funny! I'll fucking put the branding there. <laughs> and he yelps, and then you ended up hospitalized or whatever. There was so many things you got branded where, his balls. Yeah. I did throw up in the limo one time, and then I was hospitalized that time. I remember you that. were hospitalized. <laughs> you, should, you should be on that list with me. A terrible person. You made a game time call to brand a man's balls. Um, that's masculine. Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. But never a thank you. I I do thank uh, you know especially I thank for the hair. I always thank for the hair that I got all that hair. Well, you got the fake hair and then you got the plugs, right? Right. That is that's the Lean one thing. Lean Let me take a look at your plugs. Yeah, they look pretty damn good. Yeah, I always thought that was a great thing. But even now, does the plugs work? Is there hair coming out of them? Yeah, this is this is for life because the hair in the back, that's for life. So they take that hair and put it on your head, and then that's for life. What would that normally cost? I think thirty thousand. Wow. Yeah. You got You're it for welcome. free. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You had to nice. have it done on the air. For simply having a 
Hooker pound his ass with dildos? Well, no, 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 no. That was, uh, that was a separate unrelated. Gift. unrelated yeah. Wow. <laughs> separate I'm show him some of your great ink work you had done over the years. Oh, I've seen some of this. Yeah. <laughs> That's really nice looking. Get a picture of him and let's do a caption contest. Uh, this is the thing, Gap. And not a. Uh... And you say not one dollar from the show ever. No, no, no. <laughs> Look at all that free ink. <laughs> Tupac and Biggie. Oh, yeah, and then Twato. What was the Tupac? Is that on the back? Tupac and Biggie? Yeah. Thug Life. <laughs> <laughs> it was very big at the time. Thug Life. It was literally when the... Um, thing oh. came out, Thug Life. What's that? Right over here. Uh, the boy bands. <laughs> <laughs> what is that? I'm laughing because I've literally said to myself that I don't really uh, give yeah. a shit about my tattoos. Like, I'll kind of just go and get yeah. like whimsical tattoos, not overly thought out. But, but man, Paul O, yeah, they're very well. You out. will get. You will just get a tattoo anyone says to get, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Because it's not my responsibility anymore. True. In fairness, <laughs> true. Maybe we should just get me fucky kids. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure he can never swim again. Yeah, InSync, Backstreet, but... Uh, Does that, that ever come up at weird times? Like No, but in prison it would be a definite problem yeah. because I got the biggie too. Wow, the twato, I forgot. <laughs> now, mo here's what happens with all that. At the time, it was some joke. Like, I remember the eye on his back we gave you when we were all fucking gacked, feeling like he was going to keep an eye out. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, at the time, it made so much cocaine paranoia sense. We're like, oh, fuck, an eye on his back! Someone's looking out for his You know, we're like, this is the greatest thing ever. And literally, like, two days later, we're like, why did you get that? Yeah. I love the bullets with the wings on them. Those are my favorites, it's, you know. What was that for? Was that's that for the Tupac, Tupac and Biggie? Biggie yeah. Um, I don't know why I'm reporting this, but Warner Brothers is bringing Gilligan's uh, Island to the big screen, uh, a big comedy spy report. Josh Gad is going to star in it and write it. Bad idea. I don't. Aren't all ideas bad? Sure. Especially when they're just old ones Reboots. again. Yeah. Every reboot is bad. For the most part. Unless you're getting paid. <laughs> Gotta get that money, huh, Paul? <laughs> yeah, there's only money on the front end of that idea. <laughs> yeah. That money does not stretch out. Uh, maybe we'll make that a, a contest tomorrow, because we don't have enough time. Pick out enough prize for it. Right. We'll do a caption contest with Paulo. What time are you leaving tomorrow, Paul? Oh, like in the a like it's six a.m. I have to be at the airport. I'll probably spend the night at the airport. Did you spend forty-eight hours with him? Twenty-four, twenty-four straight hours at Paulo's mansion. Well, forty-eight hours. Like naked the movie. though, both you guys naked the whole time you're there. I don't think anybody. There's nobody in the house. We can walk around the entire house naked. Oh, that's great. There's people in those walls. Fez, you love Plant City. Get bring me back some strawberries. It's a little early in the season. Yeah, you're right. February, strawberry season down there. February, early March. Uh, Chris, what do we got tomorrow besides uh, little Steven? That's it, right? Yeah, I believe so. 
Let me go over the schedule. You don't want me to see or you don't want them to know at home? Home. <laughs> Is it something weird? It's something cool. It's good for a change. No, it's something very cool. Is it House of Buggin? <laughs> no, House of Buggin was today. Oh, that is a good one. That's a strong one. So, Fez, you think that we might be out of the woods with this? Yeah, I think we. I think we are. Let's get it locked in immediately, then. I would do that. Fez, you're doing something funny with your hair, where you're coming straight down now. Oh, is it? Yeah, I like that. <laughs> like, do it like as much as you can. That's such a good look for you. Fez had a comb in his pocket. Yeah. That was so Fonzarelli of him. Yeah, he is. He's, he's like Fonzie meets Squiggy with his hair going straight down like that. I'm having a little trouble seeing you. It's a little long in front. I like it. I got a reverse mullet going. Uh, look who it is. It's Queen Elizabeth. Queen Elizabeth, how you doing, darling? Hey, Ronnie. Hey, Jay. Hey. Um, I met Jay at the uh, Love for Narcvito event back in October. He was hilarious. When we saw him, very good. Very uh, so many people have just gone crazy about how funny. Yeah, I was like so that. jazzed to hear he's coming on the show today. Makes my day. Oh, thank you. He could come in more, but you just don't like to. <laughs> um, I just wanted to thank you guys for featuring um, the Christmas wish on the unfiltered for my friend. Um, it's very a uh, difficult time for them right now, and mm-hmm. it was just nice to get that out there and. I wanted to thank everyone who contributed. Well, say exactly what happened, too. Um, my uh, my best friend, um, Monday morning after I dropped her kids off at school, her heat had gone out, so her and her children stayed with me. And um, her husband decided to stay home because he's like, oh, I have an electric blanket. I'm going to enjoy a night without all these kids here and whatnot. And um, we came in to the house monday morning and he had had a stroke we found him down and we call you know i called an ambulance and um uh, tuesday tuesday night he passed away he had a series of mini strokes and um and you know he was gone and we buried him yesterday jesus in a very dignified it was it was a nice service and um the kids are kind of unaware of um the severity of this, which I'm kind of glad for, but um, it was just a nice, it was a nice turnout, and it was a nice outpouring for this family. I mean, I, I love her kids like they're, you know, like they're my own. I mean, and um, I just want them taken care of, and I, I, I lost my dad at 35, and I was, I struggled with it, and I can't imagine. Her kids are 13, the oldest one's 13, and the twins are seven and they're they're just like little lost souls and you know i just wanted them taken care of and you know to pick up where their dad left off like not to be a parent but make sure that they're okay and you know they're on the right road and you know i want them loved and cared for so but uh, it's up on the unfiltered if anybody wants to uh, be a part of that. So, thanks so much for putting that up. Thank you, Ron, and I call. appreciate it. Merry right. Christmas. Peace. Um, Chris, how old were you when your dad died? I was 20. <coughs> 20 years old. Wow. And we, do you ever feel like you had that wrap-up where you wanted to be with your dad? Like, 
knowing that no. Fuck no. No, no, no. I did not like the man. I didn't, I didn't even see him for like months before like he passed away. So is there like a little guilt with that as well? <sighs> Very rarely, but yeah, there's there's a t there's a t there's a morsel. Yeah, but you're actually still more angry with him than anything else. Yeah. I know what you're going through with that, especially since you didn't have that closure, because my dad loved me very much, and we were just talking about that last night. Oh, oh. Still got him around. It's just <laughs> great. Nice. He's just telling me how proud he is of me and uh, how great. It's the exact opposite of what I did. How would like, you know how I'm feeling? And we're always like, even when we can't get together, when we're watching ball games, we call each other and just start busting balls. Yeah, yeah. I never really did that with my dad. Yeah, so we have a lot in common. <laughs> no, actually, not nothing. I mean, There's nothing in common here. Other than the dad stuff, I think it's all right there. We're both mammals living on the planet Earth. <laughs> yeah. Both wearing button-down shirts today. Both victims of gravity. Nothing we can do about it. You're starting to make a lot of sense here. Put Does Shrekalov have something up on the Unfiltered you wanted to tell me about? Uh, yeah, Shrekalov. It's up on Unfiltered. It's um, it's a, it's a Indiegogo. It's kind of like kick, like a Kickstarter. They're trying to raise money to save a Phoenix, Arizona bookshop, and it's clear close to their goal. There's eight days left. If you go to the, it's called Help Frank Moby and Shreka Build a Bookstore. It's on the Unfiltered section of the iBang. Wow. I do like independent bookstores. Well, if you go there, you can help save one. It's Frank and Moby build a bookstore. I thought you said Shreka, too. And Shreka. Is it Moby Moby? I believe it's just someone named Moby. Isn't it funny with those uh, like Indiegogo sites? Like some of them are such for noble causes. Like we're trying to sh save this indie bookstore. And sometimes it's like, you know, as soon as we hit... $2,000, like, I'll blow a paraplegic <laughs> like on oh, webcam. <laughs> I didn't know that. Let's start donating that. <laughs> yeah. On webcam? <laughs> How'd your Kickstarter work out, Polo? Uh, I think everybody uh, just wanted me to fail. Yeah. How much were you able to raise? Uh, I I think I had two. It was I, it was under 1000 I think. And you were trying to raise how much? 20 <laughs> Okay, so that's a little disappointing. <laughs> Right there, though. Almost. Uh, today, after uh, we're off the air, up on the iBang, we're going to do uh, disturbing Christmas specials. And we'll talk about that tomorrow. It nice. is the time of the year for disturbing Christmas specials. Things get weird. Uh, I'm also going to be, um, you know, watching Scrooged. It's I'm going to lock into that. It's tradition. I've been watching Little Steven's uh, thing, too, which is pretty outrageous. Lily Hammer? Yeah. Yeah, second season just came out on Netflix. Man, I don't know whether I can make it through a winter in Norway. It looks a little depressing. Well, don't they, like, have less light? Yeah. There's not a lot of light even in the, in the middle of the day. Also, I heard in all those, like, Scandinavian countries, like, the taxes are so nuts. Like, a bottle of liquor is, like, $70. Like, they just, there's so much taxes that you can't even get afford to get drunk. Which, I, I wouldn't be able to be in the cold all the time without having some cocktails. You just stay drunk all winter? It's, 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 it's prime drinking time. Especially around now. And if it's snowing out, that that's just the cue to let's get some that's drinks a day in. Off. Yeah, that's a day off. To I, like I looked outside, there's just snow pouring down. I'm like fuck, I'm, I'm getting, I'm hankering for some booze. All right, how happy are you though if you're snowed in and you know you have liquor and you know you have weed? Does, that, do you feel like more like a bear than anything else? <laughs> are you closer to being a bear than a human? An extremely happy bear. Yeah, 
It's well, like, internet and cable have to be working, though. Oh, yeah. That goes without saying. You're not going to be able to occupy yourself without those two things. Maybe a video game. Drink till you pass out. I don't know. <laughs> All right, yeah. If you had to spend the weekend without TV or without booze, which would it be? Without TV. I mean... I, I could just, yeah, I could still fucking make. Would I think I still could make fun if I'm. Right. If I'm what, what about if I made you this deal? You give up TV forever, but that means you get free drinks wherever you go for the rest of your life. Oh my but god! But you can never see a television that includes movies. Does that include it, watching on internet? Yeah. Okay. Now, can I go to web pages? Can I go to web pages and read? Yeah, you can go. To and I can listen to music. Like, you can listen. You can't watch a video. Damn it! Music videos I really like. Do you really? Oh yeah, that's what YouTube is. It's fucking MTV. It's Think like twenty four hour MTV. I know. I, I do that, but I listen while I'm doing other shit. But that erases porn from your life, uh, the, the, except for uh, stills. The stills. Oh yeah, you still get plenty. You're of back stills. to being fifteen years old. <laughs> you could read it. <laughs> What's that? You could read it. The script. Um. Well, remember when they used to have those kind of porn books that oh, they would yeah. sell in Times Square? Oh, yeah, I'd buy them. you get a really? little dirty novel, yeah. Yeah, when I was like, when I, was the, my, my youngest porn thing was reading fucking uh, porn. I can never jerk off the tales of ribaldry. There were, um, <laughs> I know a guy who actually wrote some of those. He had done the show once, and they would write him in like, you know, less than a week. That would be his job. Uh. He'd just be sitting there, and they would go, All right, you need to do this. And they would be like, Remember, uh, you got to have a family scene, a lesbian scene. You know what I mean? Like, there was like, there was like a way of doing like each chapter had to encompass another fucking hot. fantasy. That's yeah. I always figured that, but it's like the guy just writes in like the most rudimentary, you know. So I'm punching her in the box, and then you know <laughs> someone else to come clean it up, and it's like you know in her in her flower, her Mons Venus. I actually went to a house where a lady would have a bunch. Of, I went there for a day to try and do one of these books, and uh, I gave up. But I mean, there was literally seven or eight guys <laughs> in that house. <laughs> Since I saw you, you've, you've You've dyed your hair a little gold, and now that you've put <laughs> you look like three-year-old Polo, but if he had an old man face. Is there a, wouldn't that be a great Christmas card, is Polo and Fez reading each other erotic literature in oh, a haunted mansion? God, <laughs> in bed gowns? Dude, we gotta do that. We gotta cut that and try to vine it out. Um, so disturbing Christmas specials will come up after the show today, and we'll talk about that. Tomorrow. I can't wait. You know what? One of my favorites is the Mr. Magoo um, Christmas Carol. I haven't seen that in a long time. No one ever does. They replay it or no? Yeah. Possibly somewhere, some channel. Well, now they play Rudolph so many times. It used to be like you'd have to see it once a year. And I guess Christmas Story has gotten major, right? Well, yeah. The TBS or TNT does the 24 Hours of Christmas Story. Is that on what day? Christmas, Christmas Day. Eve? Yeah, Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. Polo, you got any plans for Christmas this year? You don't have anyone to be with, right? Right. I, I'll just catch a little time with this person, catch a little time, yeah, as best I can. If you'd like to have dinner with Fez's family, please help yourself. <laughs> we don't do Christmas dinner. <laughs> just, just ask, Polo. Christmas just... Eve is what I'm talking about. You guys do Christmas Eve. I know that. Yeah, but we don't do anything Christmas Day. Christmas Eve is Christmas dinner. But his mom loves me, doesn't yeah. doesn't she, Fez? Yeah. I'm afraid too much. Oh, yeah. <laughs> God, that's great. What's up? She's always wanted Fez to settle down. She'll be the, she'll be the next victim. 
Um, Nick. Nick in Ohio. Go ahead, buddy. Hey, what's going on, Ronnie? Yeah. Um, Fuzzy, do you find Paulo attractive even remotely? No. No, as, as uh, even if he's remotely far away, I still don't uh, find him attractive. That sounds like somebody's not gay. Yeah, I, that's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking. I think I, I haven't seen him pull out his tonsil tickler once. You don't think Fez is gay? I, we've had this discussion before. I still feel that the act needs to be committed somewhere. I think, yeah, I think if you're going to convict someone, let's say if being gay was a crime and they would pull you out and throw you on uh, you know, a thing of fire, you would be able to say, I've never been with anyone. At least he could jerk off in front of me or something. You would be okay with that? Yeah, sure. Would you say, would you cheer him on? Yeah, sure. That's friendship. I don't know how you couldn't take that up. That's Do a it, guy you let stay at your house for eight days right there. Uh, he's awful, he's disgusting, and I can't get hard <laughs> yeah, around him. He calls Guess me what? Like, that means you're not gay. Yeah. <laughs> because let me tell you, if you took a guy and he wasn't in a relationship, and some woman said, you know what, jerk off on me, you would do it. Yeah. You would just do it. You wouldn't think twice. You're like, yeah, I'll fucking jerk off on you. That's right. You fucking bitch. This is how I know. Fucking jerk off on your warts. <laughs> but but as soon as it's out yeah. of you, though, you are like immediately like, what am go. I doing? I what the go. Christ was I just a part of? Oh, yeah. It's like, hey, he know, calls me pig pen. It's ridiculous. I, I bet a vampire feels bad after they, <laughs> they get off. I bet a vampire goes, did I really need to suck that much blood out? I'm fucking terrible. Um, Fez, you're crazy if you don't spank all over him. Or you're non-gay. Non-gay. That just slipped. I am gay. I'm just not attracted to the person who leaves a giant ring around my bathtub. But just treat I him thought like a that was pig. only in cartoons. <laughs> I didn't know it could really happen. Because I don't know how to use the shower. It was the shower. I, I didn't want to ask it, but I always get confused how to use the shower. So I did a little, little tiny bath. Ask. I will tell you how to use a shower. None of that has to do with whether, in fact, you don't fucking jack on him. Jerk off. Show him how to use a shower and jerk off on him at the same time. Well, now I'm weirded out, though, that <laughs> Paul decided to take a bath at a person's house. Paulo, it I'm seems like a weird thing to do. I'm weirded out that somebody would let Paulo in their home. <laughs> it wasn't a big bath. It was like just a say small... I'm going to spend 48 hours with him. It was like two inches mansion. of water. That's but like... that's even weirder than <laughs> sitting there. That. That. Yeah. That's just still water. It just seems like uh, some kind of like Auschwitz punishment or something. Clean yourself in that. Wait, what do you? How much does it have to be for, uh, to be a bath for you? <laughs> what are you saying? You got to fill like three quarters of the tub to be a bath, right? Three quarters before it's a bath. That's I would think so. Fucking displacement. No, then you got to listen to that that weird noise from that other drain thing that starts draining it out for the fifteen minutes. I think it is weird that we don't say how much water has to be in before something's officially in a bath. Because we all agree a, a half inch is not... That's bullshit. But if you start at six or seven inches, I'm going to technically say you've taken a fucking bath, my friend. You're getting there, but... <laughs> So it, it's the two it inches. Two with inches. It's got to come, come above your well, flat first of legs. All, I get a little wet, and then I lather up. 
and then I sort of throw the water on the. And then you don't rinse. I'm still laughing at the term flat legs. <laughs> you got to keep your, your legs water. out. Your legs out flat. The water's got to come above that. All right, which is only about six or seven inches, probably. Well, yeah, I got big I legs. Like no, these runners' thighs. I'm not saying your thighs. <laughs> I'm saying your ankles. Your ankles are going to be totally underwater. I feel I got a good bath, even, and I wasn't wasteful, because people in China need that water. They need iPads. I don't know how I got on that lower stuff. I'm, I'm, I'm really going through my mind. I've never taken a bath at someone's house I stayed at. Um, never taken a guest bath ever. No, bath in no, two I, decades. Although I will do something weird I, on the road. If I go to a hotel that's got like a big, huge tub, sometimes I will like put on a DVD in my computer and take a but which is I will have an alone time bath, and then I feel re every time oh. afterwards, right away, I'm like. Oh, probably shouldn't bathe in a hotel bath. I have <laughs> like, the timeshares, and if I have the spa tub, oh, I'm doing the bath three times a day. Oh, if I have <laughs> the spa tub? <laughs> Certainly. <laughs> I'm going to enjoy it. I want you the jets. <laughs> sound more like Lauderdale than you did at that moment. And my timeshare? Oh, it's going to be constant. Constant tub time. That was the worst thing I've ever heard. Paul, this will be it. I'll never see you again. You'll never see me again. And by the time you think to say, well, let's see what's happening with Paulo, you'll be dead. Well, I'll see you on the other side. Yeah, that's what I say. You'll be dead in a two-inch bathtub in a mansion. <laughs> I'll be face down and doing oh, it fuzzy so with you. Do that's when favorite. Fez comes in and jerks off yeah. on you. <laughs> you dead Finally, attracted to him. Uh, anything else we need to plug? Photo contest, front page of the eye bang. You can win Bad Santa signed by Billy Bob Thornton. That's an amazing prize. Eastside Dave's already involved in that. Uh, Big J is going to be at Laugh Boston on New Year's Eve. Come count down the new year. Welcome in the 2014. Good to see you, dude. Thanks for having me again. If you and like Lozano ever want to fucking stop by again, the two buddies. Work on a two-man show? Yeah. <laughs> It took you a while, but you warmed up to him, and you got to be buddies. <laughs> uh, that's the end of my show. Donk. <laughs>